Top Podcast, episode 91. <laughs> That's hard to believe. I think I'm just going to start introducing us like that. Just teen up. Can I just say teen up? Do people know what that is? That sounds... Teen up. It sounds uh, teen up, na- not naughty. Alone. Teen up? Sounds naughty. That's fine. Teen up. I'm good with that. Teen up. Bring a little naughty to the show. Teen up. Yeah, because we never do that. So this is a show all about Utah, if it's your first time listening. Um, we talk about the awesome stuff that is Utah. We talk about some of the shitty stuff that is Utah. Uh, this this week uh, is a lot of fucking awesome. Um, we're probably not going to follow the normal format. We won't really talk much about news. There's no uh, probably. We are not following the normal format. We have three separate interviews that we have done over the course of a couple of different days uh, we talked to, to Viet Pham, who is finally opening Pretty Bird. Um, Amazing. Today. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. We uh, we're, we also talked to uh, Val Walker uh, from B98 and more importantly, Wizarding Days, uh, which is this weekend. And uh, then we had a nice long conversation with uh, AJ and, and Jeff from the Ch- Jeff. No, no, not Jeff. Not Jeff. Why do we want to say Jeff? Steve. Why do I want to say Jeff? I don't know, but his name is not Jeff. I think it's because okay. So so I call like old friends. We always used to refer to Steve, Steve with the black hair, to anyone that we didn't know. You know, it was Steve, Steve with the black hair. That's how we refer to people we don't know. So I don't ever want Steve wanna, with a mustache. I don't ever want to call anyone Steve. And so, I don't know, Jeff, apparently Jeff is the name that I've chosen for him, so, so AJ and Jeff, uh, <laughs> Steve, sorry Steve, your name's Jeff now, dude, uh, AJ and, <laughs> and Steve from the Chocolate Conspiracy, uh, they are, uh, oh my god, that was good chocolate. I, really? I, I didn't notice, you inhaled it so quickly. <laughs> That was some... like she sat over there with the truffles and she's like, I'm going to take a bite of this one. I did. One, I took a bite of everything. And then she's like, well, you guys just no. sat there with them sitting there. So I oh ate more. Because oh, your turn way up. This shit. is not my mic. We, we were interviewing. Yeah, uh, I didn't anyway, have a mic. So she, you like pick up the, <laughs> you pick up the truffle box and you're like, bite, bite, bite. And then you look around. No one's grabbing for the truffle box. Technically, I started box. the bites. So. No, no one's grabbing for the truffle box. So Bree's like, all right, I'm keep going. And then she sat over there and like, clearly we didn't bring enough chocolate. And she's like, no, you're fine. Um, <laughs> it was delicious. To be, fair, to, try it out. to be fair, I only had one bite of the bars each. That's it. It's amazing chocolate. We've had their bars before, but no, I know. But tonight, I, I, I only I only had one bite of the of the bars. And when you understand the process, it makes a taste to- completely different. Too. Generally speaking, I don't like truffles. They're they're too rich for me. Oh my god, these were amazing. I know, right? I'm I'm the same way. I am not a huge truffle, truffle fan, but even I even the coffee one was like I was so torn cuz I was like I hate this this chocolate or this coffee, but I love this chocolate so much sure. that I'm going to eat it. Okay, so first off, uh climate change. There's hmm. so it was 60 degrees last week, right? It's 10 this week. And fucking like oh, it's 14 sorry somewhere yeah. between 12 and 16 inches between in two days at our house like i i took the yardstick out to actually see how deep it was oh, when is I that why the yardstick was in the garage yeah when i finally went out to shovel and it was over seven inches it was like seven and a half inches of snow and then we had to shovel uh a similar amount again um what's going on here they all grabbed their phones weather, we're, we're having a weather com- we're having a weather comparison a temperature comparison again i so. forget to reset mine oh mine says it's 12 but, but 12 you know I was, okay so i was talking to so sean was asking me about the crazy weather uh as i was driving her home today from school because, Sean, our daughter um 
because her car didn't start because the battery was dead. Anyway, neither here nor there. But I was talking to her. One of the things that's really weird is, have you guys looked? Okay, this is, I know I'm old now because I'm talking about the weather in detail. But have you looked at how the jet stream's been flowing lately? I have not. Do you guys know how the jet stream flows normally? No. So in the wintertime, Utah is pretty much right in the path of the jet stream. So the jet stream normally runs really kind of right along the border of Canada and the U.S. in the summer. And then it drops down in the winter and runs basically across the state of Utah. So it comes down the Pacific Northwest and then flattens out and goes across Utah and then kind of curves down into the southeast. So the jet stream provides a lot of cold polar air. Uh, blowing across that that region. This year, it's basically going straight down the west coast, making a big giant U-bend and then heading to the northeast and basically missing Utah. And that's a big reason we're not getting a lot of cold air, I think. Um, so I don't know what it looks like today, uh, but in general, that's a really different pattern. I don't know why. Uh, now I feel old. This <laughs> has been Weather Talk. <laughs> well, and as of earlier today, just a few hours ago, 682 accidents on the roads in Utah in the last two days. Because every fucking person forgets what it's like to drive in the snow, even though it snows every fucking year. Well, I mean, granted, it was a lot of snow, but fuck, it was President's Day. Half the county wasn't working. <laughs> That's Why insane. do you look so evil in this picture of the belt <laughs> Because he's leaning over. Look how fucking bald I am. Oh, my God. No, let me see this fucking... Are you so, kidding me? So when Val was here, she took Look a picture of us. Chris really isn't. It's actually oh, the lighting. No, it's not the fucking... It's, no, it's how bald I am. That is my fucking bare skull right no. there. It's not at all, actually. But that picture, like, that picture makes me want to go fucking shave my head now. Do it. No. Wait, you're doing it in the summer, right? That was yeah. the that plan. It, it looks evil because he's leaning over. It's well, okay, because when I was looking at her phone as she was taking the picture, it was like a giant flashlight coming off my forehead, so I had to kind of crunch down so the light wasn't just beaming into the phone. You should have just. The rest up. of us look delightful. No, I, my eyes look like they're closed. <laughs> I'm a terrible I picture like taker. I'm a terrible picture taker. <laughs> I think Sorry, I, I think like seven out of the ten pictures that you take, like every time I look, I like look like I'm asleep. I'm all, hey, just talking to you with my eyes closed. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> all right, so we've had a few weeks of us talking a lot about ourselves and Utah politics. Um, we'll keep that to a minimum today. Uh, the only thing I want to say from a political standpoint today is... Jim DeBacchus is uh, not going to be seeking re-election in Utah Senate. That he has rescinded his... Which is... Says six he's, years. He's been there He's for been doing it for years. six years. He, he wants someone else to have the chance. Uh, and I think he's got some other stuff that he wants to do. So Makes me sad, though. He'll keep, he'll keep fighting a good he'll fight. He'll be around. He has, I don't think it's in his nature not no. to. No, it's not. It's not. I think he's just, he, he wants to give someone else a shot at, at uh, you know, trying to do some stuff from a legislative standpoint. Um, okay, so we have to talk about Pretty Bird. Do you want to do events first or you want to do Pretty Bird? I don't care. Okay, let's talk about Pretty Bird. You're the pod administrator. I know. I know. I'm awesome. I'm just here. Awesome. She okay. didn't say you were awesome. She said you were the pod administrator. There's that's two different things. Okay, so I want. So <laughs> we got the we had the pleasure of um, last week. Uh, it was after we had recorded. It was it was the next day. Um, Viet uh, Fam, uh, who you guys may remember from fucking <laughs> the beginning, from my dog attacking <laughs> something um, that you guys may remember from I don't know like the beginning, fourteen months ago, the beginning of the show. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> one of our first interviews. So we had we had Viet on. Uh, he talked about a restaurant that he was going to be opening. So Viet Pham, if you don't know, is a celebrity chef of sorts. He's like Bobby Flay's arch nemesis. He's been no, on they're really like BFF. Yeah, they're good friends. They're like best He's friends. He's been on Iron Chef America. Iron Chef America, Next Food Next Network, Network Star. Star. Uh, he he uh, said he has something coming up, but he couldn't yeah. talk about it yet. He ran, so. he ran Forage. Um, he uh, had a hand in Communal down in Provo. Uh, and uh, he has been trying to open this new shop uh, called Pretty Bird uh, in downtown Salt Lake, and it is a Nashville hot chicken, and we got... We were the first. We had the pleasure of being the first First. people he served that weren't like... Test subjects. Weren't his employees. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As they've been trying to perfect with the the pressure cooker. And, uh, oh my God. So I, I want to know what each of you thought about the chicken, because we didn't record after we were eating and, and kind of discussing it. So I want to know from each of you what you thought. I can honestly say that was the best chicken I've ever had. Without, without I'm not making that up. I'm not just saying that. That was honestly the best chicken I have ever had. I'm 100% agreement. And I grew up on Southern cooking and double breaded fried chicken from my mom, which is fucking amazing. But yeah, your mom's a good cook. It it doesn't hold a candle to to that stuff. And his spices, they were perfect. It was, it was, how would you say it, it was? He gave us what the the medium. The mo- yeah, he gave us the, the medium. Mo- medium. Okay. The medium, and it was, it was it was good. I could easily go with the butt hot. It I was, could too. It was full of flavor, though. It wasn't yeah. just. Oh, it was so good. It wasn't just hot for the sake of being hot. It, no, it was not at all. My mouth is watering again. Yeah, mine too. Actually, my God, that chicken was so good. So there's there's four. There's mild, medium, hot, and hot behind. Hot butt. Butt hot is what he said on the interview. You'll it's hear a, it. It's, a, it's yeah. hot behind but on he the said, menu. He said it's butt hot. Yeah. So, um, but, and, and we asked him, too, you know, because he's also a believer that if it's too hot to taste, what's the point? Right. So I have faith that even butt hot will not be so hot. I mean, but maybe butt hot means it's going to be hot coming out your butt. <laughs> I don't know. But that that was amazing chicken. The, the flavor... The, the juiciness of the chicken, the, cr- the crunch of the simple breading. Like, all of it was just amazing. Well, and that... The bread that they that he gets locally sourced from 200 from feet away. Yeah. yeah, from, yeah, 200 feet away. The slaw. Yeah. yeah. The slaw is awesome. So I had... I am, I'm having teeth problems, so I didn't get to, like, fully enjoy it like you guys were immersed in it. <laughs> but I am not a dark chicken lover at all but i that was amazing like i've never liked dark chicken before and well and you know so the good. sandwich was dark chicken yeah too. i know yeah. so like the the and now that, that's the thing their chicken sandwich is going to be a boneless thigh which is fucking amazing it was so such good. a great such a great piece of meat for for a sandwich so uh i, I can't tell you anything other than you need to go it, it'll be worth the wait i guarantee it um they can pump out a shitload of chicken though what was he saying? 18? 18 at a time. They have at, to do, just every, for the machinery Just to for work the machinery right. to work right. And they pump out 18 every 12 minutes, yep. basically. So so listen to the interview. Don't take our word for it. Go try it yourself. Yeah, go try it yourself. They open tomorrow. Well, you can take or our today. word today. Because we wouldn't lie to you. Yeah, well, I would, but... Uh, they open on the 21st. Not about um, this. They are on the bottom of the, the Eccles Theater uh, on Regent Street. Right They're underneath the City VIP Creek. section. So eleven to nine will be their hours. Eleven to nine. Rather the southwest corner. Yes, yeah, so you can either Just park at City Creek Regent. or Gallivan. Yeah, you, yeah. Know, you you can't miss them. 
And I'm sure there will be a line You'll from smell it. here to tomorrow. Yeah, you can smell it. And that's the awesome thing is you go in and it doesn't, you don't smell like greasy chicken smell. You just you smell, smell chicken yeah. and it's so good. So we're going we're gonna to play that interview now. I and, need some of that. Uh, and uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll talk about some other things going on. So how was the uh, long journey? Oh, it's been man. a long time. So we, we talked talk- to you like a year ago. No, yeah. so we were just talking about that. It was 15 months 15 ago. Months wow, ago. Was wow. 15 months ago. Wow, over 15 months ago. when we had our interview, and we talked about, oh, it's coming up next year. Yeah, and so. I, kept, I kept reading stuff like October, November, <laughs> January. And we reposted it every time it came up. <laughs> so 15 months ago, so when I, when I spoke to you guys in September, had this I mean, that's plan of opening this restaurant within a year. 17 months. Wow. Yeah, so at that point, I think... I was about a month out before I actually signed the lease on this project. I was in negotiations with the city, the RDA, uh, which is the redevelopment department or agency of Salt Lake City. Um, I was talking to them earlier that year in January, February. It took us about, I don't know, almost eight months to actually come to terms on um, an agreement with the lease. Um, so this space is 525 square feet. It's part of the Eccles Theater. Originally, when the space was designed, it was not designed for a restaurant. It was actually going to be maybe a cafe or a gift shop. So one of the most challenging and difficult um, things we face with in this project is the ventil- is uh, HVAC, the heating, ventilation, air conditioning. So directly above us is the private black box theater for uh, the Eccles Theater. So it's a smaller theater. It's about half the size, I believe. And then right above us is the reception hall. So with theaters, they tend to spend, I don't know, hundreds of thousand dollars for acoustical installation and all that stuff. So the last thing they want is a ventilation shaft going straight up there, right? So we had to hire engineers. Like, yeah. <laughs> I smell like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you guys even smell some chicken outside. Oh, yeah, it smells good. <laughs> yeah. So I we had to hire engineers, and uh, the engineers looked at the blueprints and everything, and they said that there is a three foot shaft going fifty feet this way, and then like thirty feet up. And we're like, great. That's a lot of that's a, that's lot, a lot of, of distance. <laughs> and with uh, with 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 duct work. Ductwork that has to be like triple welded and triple wrapped, um, it adds up. So we signed the lease, uh, the business got funded, contractors come in, HVAC people come in, and they start drilling holes trying to find this three foot shaft. Uh, and this was in uh, September. So they're just drilling into the wall trying to find where Cut, the hole is. Cutting big holes and tucking their head in there. <laughs> yeah, so that doesn't they, seem very uh, yeah, efficient. Yeah. So they look in there and there's no shaft. No shaft. Um, so we paid our engineers big bucks to figure all this out. But I guess for some reason, through the whole process of planning this building, the shaft was not there. So after Somebody spending, yeah, you got some of you got shafts. Whoever had to pay the engineers to find the shaft that doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. So um, after spending, I don't know, like ten thousand dollars and wasting a month of trying to figure this out, we exhausted all of our options. Went back to the city and explained to them the scenario. The only way that we can do this is directly up. We can't do an environmental filter where we vent outside. 
because yeah. the air intake to the building is just it's right outside. Right over there. Yeah. I mean, which I don't mind because like everybody in the pa- like all the patrons in the theater just smell fried chicken. chicken. Yeah. That's what they're going to be like, you know, yeah. sounds good. Chicken, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Right. So. <laughs> so uh, we finally got the approval to vent directly above us. Um, so the typical HVAC cost for a restaurant, you're looking at fifty to seventy thousand dollars or so. The HVAC cost for this project, the small five hundred and twenty-five square. Foot say, this place is real. Like I was expecting a much bigger space, not a, yes, a runway and a counter. And for those of our listeners, this is a little bit bigger than your kitchen and dining room at home. Yeah. It's a lot bigger than mine. It looks yeah. a lot smaller from the outside, but when you come in, it's actually really it's spacious. Still, it's still yeah. spacious. Yeah. So going back, the HVAC cost for this space is $150,000. Oh. <laughs> $150,000. This is solid, right? Not New York long. City. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole entire build-out for this project is $450,000. Almost half a million dollars. It's going to take you a while to earn that back. Yeah, so for those of you that are listening, wondering why we haven't opened on time, why it's taken so long, you can eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Please come and open a restaurant and see for yourself, uh, you know, how difficult and challenging it is. But anyways. And that's what I said the whole time, like, I don't think that he's not going to open it. I just think that it's always grandiose dreams for whatever date you've yeah. got targeted. Because I work yeah. with restaurants, and I know it's the never, delays are You involved. never hit that date. I mean, if you do, it's rare, you know? But, uh, you Something know, it's... Something else is going to go wrong if you hit that date. <laughs> you know, it's, it's also been extremely challenging. You could ask anybody that was remotely involved in this project, people that were in the city just signing papers to the contractors and subcontractors that did an amazing job. This is the single most difficult and hardest project that they've ever worked on. Um, it's just, to be honest, this, this building is, is, is probably built upon an Indian burial ground because <laughs> we've been cursed from day one, you know? And that's what a lot of them are saying. Uh, another thing is that this wallpaper mural right here, uh, this, this this wallpaper was $1,300. It's custom printed in Ohio. This is actually a second set. Oh, no. Oh, no. So I ordered this in a while ago, and then um, the guy that handled all this for me, he asked me who was going to install it. I'm like, I'm going to have my contractor do it. He goes, are you sure? Do they know how to do vinyl? It's really hard, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they, they know how to do So he, tell, he told me that he's going to charge me 700 bucks, and I'm thinking... $700 for this little wall? It's expensive. So I told my contractor, and he's like, you know, like, let me talk to uh, the painter that painted this building. He knows somebody. So he ended up recommending this lady who did a bunch of wallpaper for uh, the local hotels here. So I'm like, you know, like, can't go wrong. She, she does hotels. Yeah. So this lady comes in, and, you know, she couldn't figure everything out. And she goes, these are not numbered and everything. And I'm telling her, it's, it is numbered. And anyways, she puts it up, and... The cuts that she did around those panels and all that, it was all messed up. And I could immediately, I'm like, okay, this is not going to work out. <laughs> that was an indication that this lady is not soigné, which is French for impeccable. You know? So, so uh, she put up the second panel, or the, the second roll, and then none of the lines matched up. Oh, no. And she blamed the printers. She goes, it's just going to have to be like this. I'm like, no, no, no. It's not. It doesn't have to be like this. You know, she goes, well, there's nothing I can do. I'm like, 
They're like, don't you watch Project Runway? So she pulled it off. Yeah, she pulled it (laughs) off. And then she goes, I'm going to come back tomorrow, my sister, and then I'm uh, going to help you out. And we're going to finish this. And then I called the original guy. I I was explaining to him what was happening. And she came over and looked at his like, pull everything off as a stop. So I had to order uh, some new wallpaper and get it done once again, which is going to cost me an arm and a leg. Uh, so, lesson learned. <laughs> buy nice or buy twice. That's like and that includes time. service. <laughs> right? Well, we, so, it. we came in, so it was worth it. Like, yeah. We, we and then once the neon light comes up and the glow that you get from there, it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, but the neon lights are the very last things. And then, the uh, the and then you'll notice the different color right here. Yeah. I ordered the same LED strips and they sent me a different color temperature. Yeah. We didn't realize and it until we... Green and pink. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually a, a white. It's like a whitish color and then this is like pink. So all that's coming tomorrow. It's going to be redone. It's not pink, right? So are you putting the, okay. so the neons out front or are you putting them up there? So there's a neon sign that says pretty bright right there. And below it, this is hot chicken. And then there's a neon sign over here that's is basically hot stacked on, on each other. So there's three hot hot, and they're going to be blinking. Oh, so, nice. Uh, so it's not a strip club, although a lot of people <laughs> think it's a strip club. Where's the neon? Uh, so that neon is red. Uh, the pretty bird is teal, like this color. And then below it, uh, hot chicken is going to be in red. So, so yeah, so after two years uh, working on this project, we are down to the wire. Uh, it's Valentine's Day, and uh, we are hoping to open next Monday or Tuesday. We got all of our inspections approved, uh, including our liquor license. Um, we're just doing some training, and we're learning to calibrate this Cadillac. Say, that's a kind of a pressure cooker. There. <laughs> yeah. So is this that a flash fryer is that? This is a pressure fryer. Yeah, so it's not your, it's not your, uh, your, what, what's the new hot meal, the hot pot? Or oh, the, yeah, it's the no hot, hot pot. pot. It's basically yeah. like a hot pot and crack. Yeah. Well, this is a kind of device for people that don't know. This is what allowed KFC to franchise. Exactly. This is a pressure exactly. fryer. Exactly. So all of the R&D that I've done on my chicken for these past five years has been on an open fryer. All the tuning and... You know, just messing around with different temperatures and all that stuff has been fine-tuned to an open fryer. And I told myself, how difficult is it going to be? <laughs> Can't to be hard. A pressure fryer. You know what? It's really, really hard. It's a totally different beast. And you have and to wait to, to really use it until everything was ready for it. So, until yeah. you get your health inspection and everything yeah. so you can actually start producing yeah. food. So this guy... This guy runs about thirteen thousand three hundred bucks. This special fryer. Wow! This special fryer can cook. Yeah. And don't grab hot metal out of the pressure Fingers in ten point five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> this can cook eighteen pounds of chicken in twelve minutes. Eighteen pounds. Eighteen pounds, pounds, which is equivalent to probably two and a half of these open fryers. And it's way less messy. Yeah, it cooks it in twelve minutes, and it produces. A chicken that's a hundred times juicier and more flavorful. Because it's so fast. Because of the pressure. pressure. Because it doesn't have to dry out to cook. And the problem that we're finding and we're trying to work out right now is that the chicken is so juicy. It's so freaking juicy. Where the juices are dripping down your face. (laughs) That it's it's putting up too much moisture that the crust can't keep up. Uh, So it's being soggy? So so there's, there's, there's like... A 15 to 20 minute window of opportunity 
to experience the chicken in its best before it becomes soggy. So, unlike most places, you're hoping to get drier chicken right now. <laughs> or at least drier. Most places are like, your chicken is too dry. Yeah. Like, yeah. Your chicken is way too moist. Yeah. So, uh, you guys are going to be tasting some R&D chicken with us. Um, we haven't finalized, we haven't dialed in the exact time and time temperature yet, but we will. We're close. So today, um, we're going to cook up a quarter dark for you, a quarter dark piece of chicken, and we're going to make our sandwich for you, Ooh. which is fantastic. So what's different? Is this the same sandwich that has been in all the magazine yes. shots? Yes, yes. Ooh, so, so, so the difference between our sandwich and our competitor down the street, Chick-fil-A. I actually love Chick-fil-A. I don't know. I was just talking so usually, I, I, I want to say like nine out of ten people are dark meat people. You know, it's just it's juicier, it's more succulent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so our fried chicken sandwich is made out of a boneless, skinless, all natural, antibiotic-free thigh. That is awesome. Chicken thighs, not I my thighs. That. Chicken thighs. <laughs> yeah, and um, our buns are made uh, for us just two hundred feet away. Over at Eva's Bakery, so Charlie, oh, awesome. Charlie of Eva, yeah, he, he makes a really wonderful soft roll for us. Um, I really wanted to do a potato roll, but you know, just the potato roll, it doesn't have enough structure to really hold all the stuff that we put in the sandwich, uh, and this roll is actually perfect. What's your menu board? Like, are, is it going to be up here? Or so you... our menu is only ten items. Only 10 items. That's awesome. That's so, right three main items. You'll have a choice between a quarter dark meat, which is a leg and thigh attached, a quarter white meat, which is a breast and wing attached, or a chicken sandwich. And then we have uh, crinkle cut fries. Purple. Uh, Those are the best fries. Yeah, yeah. Purple um, cabbage coleslaw and seasonal side. So, we're not going to do the conventional sides, mashed potatoes. Uh, macaroni and cheese or potato salad. Uh, I think this is where a lot of my background and fine dining and all that stuff comes in. And I really want to make a spectacular side. So uh, our first side that we're going to do, which I, unfortunately I don't have today, it's going to be uh, some roasted squash zucchini. Uh, we're going to roast with some brown butter, uh, some preserved lemon, uh, some seaweed. Uh, finish it off with uh, some, uh, some lemon juice, Parmesan cheese, and mint. So it's like high-style fried chicken. Yeah. But, you know, like, it's, it's approachable. So, like, one of the things that, that really saddened me about forage, like, I, 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 I come from a fine dining pedigree, and I love fine dining. However, you know, when you have to invest, you know, three, four hours of your time for a dining experience, as well as have to pay onwards of $100, it limits a lot of people. So a lot of people have come to me and it's like, hey, you know, I'm so glad that you're opening up this project because I was never able to afford forage. And that made me really sad. It made me really happy that I'm able to do this and make it more approachable uh, and accessible for because you want people to be able to eat the food they yeah. make. Yeah. And, and, and like the beauty about the fried chicken that we're doing is that fried chicken is relatively simple. It, you, you, you look at fried chicken, everybody's fried it one way or another in their lifetime or, or, or have had it. Uh, but this fried chicken has taken five years of effect. And there's been a lot of technique stemming from fine dining um, that has been put into this fried chicken. 
How did you get inspired to do Nashville-style chicken? I don't know if we talked about that the first time we had you on. So I did a show. Uh, I did a show. I did a show five years ago called Food Network Star, which is Food Network's um, number one franchise. We like that show, really? Yeah, it's their number one franchise. So Guy Fieri came from that show, for those of you that don't know, where they found that dude. So We like Viet though. That show, gosh, you know, prior to that show, I did two other shows, which is Extreme Chef and Irish Chef America, which is purely about your cooking chops. Nothing about camera presence, personality, any of that stuff that I'm not yet. <laughs> so, when my manager told me, I was like, hey, we're going to get you on Food Network Star, I'm like, okay. I you know, I did really well on my, uh, on the two previous shows that I did, like, what can I lose, you know? So I ended up going on the show. I've never watched an episode of the show before. The first day, you know, we all get on stage and, you know, like, we all meet each other. And then they, the mentors come out. So that's Bobby Flay, Elton Brown, and Giada. All of a sudden, they're like, okay, guys, the cameraman is here. You're going to get up, and you have a minute to talk about your point of view, culinary point of view. And I'm like, <laughs> froze, literally froze. I'm like, there's no way. I, you know, like, I literally, like, shut my pants. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a very difficult experience because it made me face all of the things that I was extremely uncomfortable and not like. You know, so public speaking and all that stuff. But at the same time, I realized that in order for you to get better, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And, you know, thinking back and after finishing that show, I hated that show. I hated my experience. <laughs> but if it wasn't for that show, I wouldn't have had all these other opportunities. So when I got kicked off after the fifth or sixth round, I forgot, I went to this restaurant. And as a chef... I'm always looking for perspective because that's that's what's going to inspire you to become a better cook or a better chef, right? So I've had fried chicken thousands of times, and I went to a buddy's restaurant. He's like, "Hey, I got this guy's recipe. His name is uh, he has a restaurant called like, Famous Lou's in Memphis, and it's really amazing fried chicken." So I'm like, "Okay, whatever. I'll have some fried chicken." <laughs> well, anyways, he brings out the fried chicken, and I eat it, and I just had this this mind blowing like moment, this experience, this epiphany. I'm like, "Oh my gosh." Like all of, like all the cogs were like spinning, and you know, this is what I'm gonna do. I told myself, and from that moment on, I've been working on this recipe since. Wow, excuse yeah. me for one more. I'm trying to like sure. get my charger. So okay. <laughs> what kind of charger do you need? This is Android. Oh, I'm sorry. Can't help you. <laughs> Can't help you there. Can't help you there. Uh, you gotta start cooking. Uh, we have uh, ten minutes. Ten minutes. So yeah, so well, it looks amazing in here. Like I'm really impressed with the design. Thanks. So how did you have someone that helped you? Did you have yeah, like so, a concept? So my architect, his name is uh, his name is White. He uh, he's he's the owner of uh, his company called Range Architecture. So this is kind of uh, a design that stemmed off another project that I did that just kind of never fruition, which is Ember and Ash. So there's a lot of Scandinavian kind of like feel and lines yeah. that you'll see here. There's this geometrical wall. So if you look above you, these panels, which I love, my contractors hate. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's supposed to mimic a feather up close, really, really close. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. 
I just wanted clean lines because, again, I also wanted to reflect myself and my background in fine dining. And it's just very clean. It's very, um, I think it's, 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 it's not typical, obviously, of a fried chicken restaurant. But it doesn't look sterile. Yeah. Like, yeah. it does, like, yeah. the chairs help. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, I, I really, yeah. I, it feels to me yeah. a lot. And I'm not usually a modern <laughs> so architecture person, but yeah. this looks yeah. Is the idea to always prep up here as well? Yeah, uh, so we're going to have a line of people. I think it's going to be done right here. You sit right here and watch awesome. this all. That's like a sushi cool. bar. Yeah, like a sushi bar. <laughs> yeah. But with raw yeah. chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so we're able to fit 14 people in here, and then eventually 25 people outside. Like I said, our, our menu is 10 items long. You know, it's a very small menu. Uh, we're going to be serving uh, just canned beer and canned wine. Uh, the beer is going to be PBR. Our canned wine is uh, from uh, a company called Ruza. Uh, they so an actual can, not a little actual can, cans. actual can wine, which is becoming all the rage nowadays. Uh, it's a it's it's a slightly effervescent rosé. Yeah, and I always thought that rosé and fried chicken just go hand in hand. <laughs> They're symbiotic, you know. So uh, so that's what we're going to do. And then Arturo here. I've worked with Arturo for many years now, starting over at Naked Fish. Um, He's been like, he's like, he's my protege, uh, you know, so we're, uh, we worked on some ramen programs together and, and, uh, I'm grooming Arturo to basically be my right hand man. Um, so this is a concept within a scale and I'm hoping that we, uh, do between, I don't know, 13 to 30 stores and, uh, we're building a team, uh, very slowly. And hopefully expand this uh, this concept to not just in Utah but also Southern California. The place. second store is always the hardest. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know any, any other project that's going to be able to top this project. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is this has not been easy one bit. Um, but yeah. All right. So what we're going to do now? We're going to start uh, cooking the chicken. Um, I'm wondering if we should wait for uh, Jessica so she doesn't miss anything. So this is our dredging station back here, our fry station, and then we have a dedicated fryer uh, for our fries. Okay. So today, you're going to eat a lot of food. So we're just going to not do too many of the sides. We'll cook up some fries for you. We're going to feed you um, a ridiculous quarter dark meat fried chicken, and then we're going to feed you a sandwich as well. Okay. I haven't eaten I've got some carrots. Good. So Good. Perfect. Perfect. You know, like, if you don't eat all day, what you, what you should do is just drink tons of water to like, keep your stomach expanded. Because if you don't eat all day and you sit down and eat, you really can't eat that much because your stomach's like shrunk. You sound like a, uh, like, a, like a competition eater right now. <laughs> I've watched those documentaries so I know. Yeah. I think Shir, like, what is his name? Shirobaki or what's that? Yeah. His name is Japanese. Yeah, he drinks like gallons of water yeah, every day to like, expand his stomach. Sorry, my phone is old. <laughs> no problem. Do we have chicken season? We didn't season it. Really? Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Your staff's going to handle it. What? <laughs> All right, so we do a, uh, a double dip. So we, 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 we dredge our chicken, and then we dip it in buttermilk, and then we dredge it again before we put it in the fryer. Uh, so our dredge consists of all-purpose flour, uh, cornstarch, and baking powder. Uh, and then our buttermilk, a little bit of water. We add some fish sauce in there for some umami. Mm. Uh, a little bit of uh, cayenne pepper in there. 
Uh, but that's basically it. We don't we don't uh, brine our chickens for 12 hours, 24 hours, because that's all overrated. Uh, and I'm going to share something with you. A lot of places pride themselves on brining their chicken in buttermilk or in a salted solution for 24 hours, uh, because they say it produces a ton of chicken. Uh, it doesn't produce a ton of chicken. And I'll explain to you why, and I'll back it up. <laughs> actually, I won't explain it too much in depth because uh, I want to leave it up to you to actually look into it. So there's a gentleman uh, by the name of Harold McGee. He's like the father of food science. So when you take chicken, and, and by the way, he's totally against grinding. So anyways, if you take chicken and you submerge it into uh, an acidulated solution such as buttermilk, what's going to happen is that it's going to denature the protein. And denaturing is basically breaking down the protein. So if you brine it for 24 hours, you'll have a piece of chicken that's basically it's still in its form. You know, you cook it, it still looks good. But when you eat it, it tastes like mush. You can literally take your tongue, press it against your palate, and it'll just break apart. And people have mistaken that for tenderness. It's not tenderness. It's baby food. <laughs> so chicken should taste like chicken but also have a texture of chicken you want to be able to bite down and you want to be able to to like experience you know like just the, the texture of the meat breaking down in your mouth uh it, 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 it's it's unfortunate because us westerners now like tenderness is like everything everybody wants tenderness but like in the food world the culinary world you know meats proteins things that are tough are usually the most flavorful. If you work a little bit for your food, you'll you'll be rewarded with more flavor. Okay. So our chicken is basically just salted, some sugar, salt, a little bit of white pepper, um, for an hour, thirty minutes, and then it gets dreaded and it's fried. We don't put any special spices. There's no seven herbs and spices in there. Okay. Uh, and the reason why we don't do that is because we're frying at 325 degrees. If you take any spices and you put it into a fryer at 325 degrees for 12 minutes, they're gone. It's gone. You lose all of uh, the integrity of the spice. We still have some of the spice, but most of it's gone. And if you put herbs in there, you might as well put grass in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not going to do anything. So we finish our spices last. Yeah. So thanks again to, to Viet. That was... Seriously, that was one of the coolest things that I've ever had the I pleasure of I felt so doing. honored for, that, for yeah. that whole thing. Just the four of us in his restaurant. In his restaurant with him and two of his cooks. They were just serving us and... Telling us stories. Yeah, it was awesome. So we recorded a little bit, but we were there for about an hour. We were there for about an hour, hour and a half. And Maybe just an hour, I don't know. Told us all kinds of stories. It is cool. Very cool. Go, go try it. Go try it. Yeah, and all their cups right now are hand stamped, so they're like collectibles. I still have my my card. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, let's see what else. We just let's just talk about events. I'm going to start events. So uh, just because I was there this weekend uh, at Olio, uh, and and Jen told me about a, uh, a beer pairing event. I don't know exactly how it works, but they're doing a beer event uh, in March. Um, March 28th with uh, Shades, of Pale. Shades of Pale. Oh my God, I suck at this. I'm not, I'm definitely not Jess when it comes to events, but I'm going to power <laughs> You're through You're just going to make it all up. Well, I'm not making any of it up. I'm just trying to guess <laughs> off of memory. My phone's playing music back there. Give me a break. Um, and then uh, I also wanted to talk about uh, uh, 
RSL briefly. I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but the season starts up. Soccer season's here. They're actually playing games tonight for CONCACAF Champions League, not RSL, other teams. Uh, but RSL opens its season March 3rd versus Dallas. In Dallas. Uh, in Dallas. Uh, so it'll be nice and warm, and then they'll come up here on March 10th. Uh, and, and who knows? It could be 90 degrees. It, it could, could be, be warm. It could be yeah. snowing. They Co- do really well in the snow. To be fair, Colorado's playing in the snow right now uh, against Toronto for CONCACAF Champions League. So that should be interesting. Yeah, but but Toronto, like Canada, like that's okay. They play on indoor indoor turf in Toronto. Oh, that's true. Um, but anyway, uh, and then the home opener is against LAFC. So get your tickets. Uh, LAFC is a brand new club. We haven't seen them play yet. I know, um, but we can't like we can't like you can't like um, We can't they, like LA. There's a, a lot to say about that club. They're when probably you're going jet, to be you're jet to the end. They're they're probably going to be the new premier club in LA uh, by all accounts. They're spending big money, getting enormous stars. Uh, Bob Bradley's their coach, who's a former U.S. national team coach. He coached the Egyptian national team. He was the first American to coach a uh, European uh, Premier League team uh, in in uh, in the U.K. Who's fronting so, the money? Is it somebody private or is it? It's a big group. It's a conglomerate. Gotcha. So it's they basically use the old Chivas franchise license after the the league <laughs> made Chivas close its doors because it was run like shit. Uh, so it's it should be fun. Um, I'll be there uh, with my custom license plates. Yes, uh, <laughs> in your hands. No, we hard, might. No, I'm not taking them off the car. <laughs> it was really hard to take those license plates on and off. So uh, the other uh, another big event that's happening is uh, Wizarding Days this weekend, the 23rd and 24th. Yes. Yes, is that right? Yeah. So she would correct you if you were wrong. We actually are, are going to talk to Val about that now uh, and uh, see what she has to say. And then uh, uh, once she's done talking about that fucking awesome event, I'll let Jess actually say something. Does that work for you guys? Is that okay? What if we said no? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I'll just cut out the shit that you say no. <laughs> It'll take me longer in post, but I don't care. I'd, I'd do it anyway. Well, it is our pleasure to have Val from uh, B98, and more importantly, Wizarding Days. Wizarding Days. Yeah, that's yeah. what's important to you. I don't really yeah. care about the radio station. <laughs> Sorry. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's I care day because job. it pays my bills so that I can do Wizarding Days. There you go. <laughs> but what? So Wizarding Days, I got to tell you, last year, of course, your inaugural year here, right? Yes. And it was really freaking cool. It was... Thank you. Well, I can't believe it's been a year already. It's I mean, I, bl- I, I blinked and then... Here it is. Well, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, has it been a year? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I know. Yeah. Super fast. And, and I, I will say, like, because, you know, we've done, the, we, we've done the Halloween Expo twice now. Um, you know, obviously, I think all of us go to Comic-Con except Jeremy, because... I'm lame. He is oh. lame. Oh. <laughs> I've been to lots of conventions. We haven't talked about that before. No, I've actually been to... <laughs> that <I've>, he's lame? <laughs> I've been to a lot of the Comic-Cons. I've been on panels. I've been in booths. I've, so, I, yeah. yeah. So, lo- lots of nice. uh, lots of experience of different shows. And i got to say, I think I, I said this last week or maybe two weeks ago when we were recording, Wizarding Days to me is like KidCon, but way cooler. Like it's Thank you. it's the it's the best parts of of the kid cotton portion of Comic Con, but then expanded, more focused. Um, honestly, I think just as much fun for adults as kids. That's the whole point. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was really made for adults, and we say that kids can come play. Yeah, because you know 
we don't want to leave them out. But like, I mean, just well, why not? Walking around last year, because then the like, parents won't come. <laughs> they, they're the ride, you yeah. know. <laughs> but you have like the the potion making and the wand making stuff, and that was all. That area was unreal. Like we've we never have seen anything the like size it. of it for this year. That's fantastic, and it was so well received. I didn't talk to anyone that was disappointed in being there last year. Yeah. Well, you can go to our Facebook page. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> there, were yeah, like, the- there were four people. <laughs> I and they were very, that's, that's very boisterous, good. I'm sure. No, they were nice. We really, the, the one thing that we love about um, doing these events is getting the feedback because we want to make it something that everybody wants to go to. So we actually put out a survey to everyone that, want, that bought tickets. We sent out a survey to our panelists. We sent out a survey to our vendors, our volunteers, and we took all of those things. Now, most of the time, things that didn't go right, we know they didn't go right because we're right there. You were in the middle of it. When so it was when happening. people were telling us things that they were like, hey, we were a little disappointed with this. Hey, this didn't quite work out the way we thought it was. We were like, yeah, we know. Thanks, Bob Cratchit, 79. What no, you? no, it was great. Because we were like right on target. It's when you hear something that you didn't know that you have a problem. So everything that came in that people were like, hey, could you fix this? Could you do something about this? We already knew that we needed to and we've already we already started fixing it. So that's what's great about if you get feedback about something that you weren't aware of, you got some problems because you're not paying attention to you know, what the event is, what's going on. And so easily fixed stuff. The first year is always that way. The second year is the hardest. So we can't wait till this year's over (laughs) because the second year, it just kicks your butt. Well, you know, and if everybody was like, oh, it's great. And uh, that's awesome. But yeah, tell us. Yeah, a little bit. We want a little bit of criticism and we got some and it's great because you can only grow. So, yeah. So what do you have on the docket for this year? Because it's this, it's this coming weekend, right? Yes, it is. It is uh, Friday and Saturday. 23rd and 24th. 24th. Last year was the 24th and 25th. (laughs) 23rd and 24th. So it's this Friday, Saturday. And, you know, last year, which was our inaugural year, which I have inaugural pins for you, but you'll have to pick them up at the event. So we had some um, first year pins made because I'm a pin trader. um, And so that's hugely important. So we had those made. So we'll only have so many of those to buy. Um, We didn't make a ton. And then we'll have a 2018 pin that you can get as well. And uh, we have different wristbands for, I also was going to bring those today. I'm just, I suck today. Um, No, you just have a very efficient. efficient. Yes, I have a very, I said we need to clean out my car so that we can load it back up. And she was very efficient and she cleaned it all out. I think maybe there's some groceries on my desk right now that were in my car. It's also three days before your show opens. Right. So you're going to cut me some slack. So we have new wristbands. So if you didn't go last year, the Wizarding Weekend Pass, you get a silicone collectible wristband and that gets you in and you get to keep it. And I kind of love that idea. And so this year they're a different color. They have some different writing on them. So if you went last year, you get another one this year. Next year we'll have a different one. So you can kind of collect all those, um, which is really cool. So you guys will get those. Uh, This year we added Narnia, whereas last year we were very heavy into Harry Potter. We still have all the Harry Potter stuff. We still have all the Lord of the Rings stuff. We added... Wonderland. So we have Wonderland in the dark arts. Uh, and then we have Narnia. So we had the most fantastic person um, who is on our crew uh, make a 10 foot wardrobe that you can walk wow. in and out into, our, into Narnia, which is really cool. So go and visit Narnia. It's in the Halls of Knowledge right when you walk in. You can get some pictures over there. And the, the front of it is the wardrobe. The back of it is winter. So you'll have the lamp post and Very all cool. of that fun stuff. Um, and we've expanded the trading post, which is one of my favorite 
favorite areas from last year was the book exchange. If you guys remember mm-hmm. that, yeah, that was awesome. awesome. We donated over three thousand books oh, to, so cool. to needy programs, and we already have about six hundred books going into the event this year. So you can go and you can bring your books and exchange books. Or we had people that just dropped off boxes of books, which was so great. But we've made it into now a trading post. So inside the trading post, you have the book exchange. But you can trade pins, you can trade pogs, you can trade comic books. You, as long as you don't you sell pogs, pogs and yeah. and guess what? The first hundred people there, they get a pog. We have pogs. Okay, but do do people know what pogs if are? If they don't, they're going to find out. I am bringing the pog back, people. I am bringing it back. So anything nerdy that you want to come trade, you can trade as long. There's no selling. You don't have to pay to get into the trading post as long as you have a ticket into the event. Um, but you can go back there, trade all your books. Beanie Babies. Beanie, whatever yeah. you want. Whatever you can set up. There will be tables so you can set up. Because I'm a Disney, Disney nerd and one of my favorite things to do with my daughter is to go to Disneyland and do Disney pin trading. And you, they don't really have that in Utah. There are not... You know, we have D23 groups, but there aren't any specific pin trading. Yeah, all, so all the pin traders go to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, that's where we go to. So I will be teaching pin trading 101. I have a class both days with me, my daughter and my mother-in-law. So three generations of pin trading. And we're going to give you all our ticks, all our tips, our tricks and every way to do it the cheapest way, because I <laughs> learned the hard way and I have invested a lot of money into pin trading. Well, I worked for Disney when I started it, so I got my discount. But as soon as that discount went away, oh, that hurt. I was with civilians buying with the civilian, you know, no discount. So we have all the the trips that I can't say it tonight. Um, But also I am bringing everybody that comes, the first hundred people that come to that panel, that class will get a starter pin to trade from my collection because I have that. I need to put out an APB for the mint julep one. It was part of a food package. Oh, I don't have those. Like I have... It's old. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's probably worth a bit. So those are new things that are there this year. I mean, there's a ton of new stuff. A ton. We could be here for two days talking about it. Yeah. You're bringing Raven back? Yes. Mm -hmm. With his Raven's Hedge. So the Raven, the Raven Henge will be back um, and he will actually be teaching a class um, on how to make it. So he's going to go through exactly how to work with foam. There's videos on from start to finish on how this was made. So if you want to get into, he actually uses an axe, people. Like he (laughs) takes an axe to this. And to watch the videos of him with an axe and with this foam going all over the place like Edward Scissorhands is amazing. We love Raven. We've been to his shop. We, yeah. we in fact, recorded live. Well, yeah, we recorded it live, but it wasn't live. Uh, <laughs> from his <laughs> Coming studio. at you live recorded. Yeah. His, yeah. He's amazing. We He's love so him. Cool. He'll be there again. And the stuff yes. he can make out of Crazy. nothing. We have one of his starfish from one of his movies. He oh, gave us nice. one of his props. So he's like, I think that you'll put this out. And so it's in my front room. Nice. So uh, is a bigger hall. You've expanded no, it? No, we are in the same hall this year uh, because to succeed... At, a, at an event, <laughs> you, you to, want to yeah. duplicate your second year because it is your hardest year. Um, next year, however, in 2019, we have two halls. Uh-huh. So we will have hall one and two. And uh, I can tell you what we're bringing next year. 
Yeah. We want to bring in Camelot. We are bringing in the Knights of the Round Table nice. and Merlin Fun. and all of that. So we need room for that. So two <laughs> halls. On top of. On top of everything Very else. Cool. So every year we will add more and more in that comes from the fantasy world that we love. And Camelot just opens a ton of doors. And just like Narnia. Yeah. I'm just going to say I'm super stoked about Narnia. Yeah. Like I really like you Narnia. You can go into our free craft area and you can make your own Narnia picture and your own. That's cool. Yeah, so just head over there. You can do lots of Narnia stuff there. Are you gonna have a health fair next door? Like last this year, year we will. Um, but <laughs> next year, we'll, so you're totally duplicating. But next year we won't. Okay. This is because we took show. it over. It's not the gun show. Yeah, it's not the gun I show. I mean, I could show you my gun show, <laughs> but I haven't been to the gym. I just so, remember the health fair being. Right no, so next that to I'm glad you bring that up because Friday. We're, we have the parking lot to ourselves. So if you want to come Friday and kind of be there without all of the nonsense, that's the day you want to get like your wands done. If you're going to make a wand, you want to get all of like your craft stuff done on Friday because it's going to be a little bit of a slower crowd. You don't have to wait for parking. We're going to have the parking lot to ourselves. Saturday is the day that you want to see all the entertainment. You want to go to the panels, that kind of stuff, because there will be lots of room for that. But get there earlier than you think because... You're sharing the parking lot with the safe, with the safe kids fair, with um, the golfers that are coming in for their golf expo and for Channel Two's health expo. Okay, that was the those those are the same three expos that were. It's in because there. they buy ten years at a time. Oh wow! And what was really cool is that uh, Mountain America Expo, our peeps over there, don't tell anybody this, but they were like, "Hey, psst, do you want to like put some money down for 2019 so you can take that haul away from them?" And we said, <laughs> "Let us go." stand on a corner and get some extra money and we did it so i mean we didn't stand on the corner but we got some extra money together because <laughs> yeah, that would be illegal right <laughs> i mean i was selling pugs that's oh, okay. not illegal yeah. is it nope. <laughs> nope. pogs are a legitimate business enterprise in 1996 <laughs> five i don't know it was before no that way. it'd be like 92 93 hey, star wars went away for a while and look what's going on now it never went away <laughs> well it, it did just for didn't make anything new for like, to us centuries. it never went away but to the general public it was it was gone anywho less star wars this year sorry Hey, that's okay. It's not called Star Wars Days. Although, I mean, Star we talked about it last year. <laughs> I, I mean, if Jedi's are wizards. So there, we will have our Jedi panel that we um, have with a few extra things, but uh, the Rebels will not be on site this year because most of the Rebels bought a booth <laughs> and they're going to be selling their wares. So they could, which is really cool that yeah, they were like, really hey, cool. we want to. So you're going to have people that are selling like uh, wand holders and lightsaber well, that, holders and that kind of stuff. That was something that was really great about the show too last year is, you know, you obviously have to have vendors because otherwise you can't really put the show on year after year after yeah. year to help, to help pay for that. But you did a really good thing last year in keeping the number of duplicated vendors down. So it wasn't go to vendor A and then go to vendor B and they have the same handcrafted hand jewelry. jewelry. <laughs> yeah. And, and we did then the same vendor thing C had year. the same one that the guy did in his house, but it looked the same as the other two. So, yeah. So we did the same thing this year. We have a couple people angry at us because, um, you have to apply to be a vendor. You don't just like, sign up and pay and then we figure out where to put you you have to apply and i have to approve you and i approve all of the vendors and i see what they make and i see what they do and if they don't fit 
you know, I say, thank you so much for wanting to be a vendor. However, you don't fit our criteria. Um, but thank you so much. Good luck with everything. And then we, of course we have a waiting list of people that want to sell wands because everybody wants to sell wands, but if everybody sold wands, nobody would make any money. So, you know, we only have so many people selling those same things. And they, if they're selling jewelry that they make, they have to send me to a link where I can see it so that you don't have five people so you know, selling it's not the Oriental same trading company stuff. Yeah. And there might be some of that stuff there, you know, but there's not five people selling yeah. that kind of stuff there because I still like to go and buy some of that stuff that you see that's, you know, you got from China, but it's still cool because <laughs> I don't want to order it from China. If you brought it in and you, I can buy it from you. So there yeah, will be. I have to wait, to wait like three weeks wait. from Wish. So I love Wish. Oh my gosh. I'm so addicted. My husband had to be like, okay, I know you keep thinking that you're only spending $5, but when you spend $5 20 times in a row <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Like, so but the item was free, honey. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. So anyways, I love Wish. Well, I'll step away from that. So, um, but yeah, so you'll see a bunch of that. You'll see some commercial wands and some commercial, you know, scarves and hats that go along with the theme. And then, yes, there's a lot but of handcrafted no stuff. No siding and insulation, guys. There's right? no, not this year. No, there's none at all. No, we actually, we, I could be making a ton of money right now because we've had some vendors that want to come in and buy like 20 by 20 spaces because they want to be in front of our audience, but they have nothing to do. Now, we do have some people that are selling um, like the the oils and stuff, but it's science. So I said, look, you can come in, but you need to be teaching something at your booth. So you can go over there and they're going to show you how to mix and match and put together. Cool. And they're in the potions and magic area. So it fits and it's still stuff that we want and we want to see, but it's got to fit. Well, and know? it'll make the adults think about it differently, too. And I think what so. they have in their homes, because... Hello, we're in Utah. Well, and herbology is basically <gasps> what they what they're doing, and we yeah. have a herbology class which teaches you kind of about what they're selling, which is really cool. Crohn's Hollow um, is a huge part of our event, and those witches are awesome, and I can call them witches because they are actual yeah, witches. Um, but they're going to be doing some fantastic classes like herbology and Muggle studies, and you know divination and all of that kind they of have stuff. Witch, witch is witch thing too. Yeah, are they going to do that? I don't. I don't think so. Maybe at their booth. They have a ton of stuff going on at their booth and in the library, they'll be doing some readings and stuff. And we have King's English this year, oh, which is, cool. which is there. And so they have a huge um, spot of the author's Island, which is in the halls of knowledge. And they brought some authors together to teach about the magic of writing. So if you want to know how authors come up with stories, how they write the books from beginning to end, if you want tips, they'll have that there. And then you can go and buy a book and get it signed and meet these authors. That's and then so cool. we have authors that, have bought a booth that are amazing that have come back. And a lot of our authors, instead of being just a table from last year, they bought 10 by 10s this year because like that was one of our biggest problems is everybody wanted to upgrade the size of their, their space. And I'm like, ah, there's not enough room. Um, so I made room. It was a lot of Tetris. Um, but we made room for everybody and we have a tattoo artist coming in this year doing nerdy tattoos. Nice. Um, so you can get a nerdy tattoo. It's over in the dark arts section. So there's Something a lot for of every artists in Utah. How did you pick that particular artist? Um, so do you want to hear the real story? Yep. Okay. Of course. So I was helping this out real. I was helping out at um this event called MusicCon, which is a fantastic idea for an event, and this was their first year. And something kind of happened where things got mixed up because it's a first year, and I felt really bad for them. And so I said, Hey, 
I have a free, I just happen to have a free spot because we had taken a little bit of space away from Beck Leather, who's going to be there again because they didn't need that much space. And I said, do you want to come in and do tattoos at this event? And they said that would be amazing. They were so grateful that they could come in and, you know, um, that I could make a spot for them and everything. And so, yeah, it, there is so many art, but that's kind of how it happened. It that's was, cool. it, you know, it was kind of one of those Fell things that, you know, I vendors, you need to take care of them because, I mean, we're all small business people. And, you know, Wizarding Days, we want to take care of them. That's we want them to make money. We want them to have a good time. And so that just kind of organically happened. We had talked about it before and my tattoo artist wanted to come in. Um, but he is a solo artist now and he just didn't have enough people and time and that kind of stuff. But. So they're not doing real tattoos, are they? Oh, yeah. yeah real and tattoos. piercings. Real you can ones. get pierced. Real deal. Yeah. Real deal. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, Val, thanks for telling us about the event. Um, Thank you for having I'm, me on again. I'm excited. It uh, sounds like it's going to be even better than last year. Puppetry classes. Puppetry. I was a puppeteer when I was younger. What? You were? I made puppets and I did what? puppet shows. Yeah. That better be in your interesting facts on our bio page. <laughs> nope. Oh, come on. Oh, man. Get we're not telling that story. <laughs> you just oh, did. You opened it up, man. They were church puppets, too. <laughs> oh, we, yeah. We almost became a Baptist minister We, at some we point. traveled and did puppet shows. I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. Can we do like a behind the music with puppetry over here? <laughs> <laughs> Puppet's got like a little white powder on its nose. <laughs> Teaching about no, no cocaine in the church is that? No, he made cookies. What he made cookies? It was powdered flour. sugar, flour, flour, powdered oh. sugar, cookie monster, powdered sugar. That's right. Does that? You seen the behind the music with Bert and Ernie that Robot Chicken did? No. <laughs> <laughs> Google it. It's so good. <laughs> Thanks again to Val. Thank uh, you, Val. It was a nice drive by. Especially, since, yeah, was. especially since she stopped in since her Skype wasn't working. The good news is do that. That she awesome. doesn't live super far from us. She's a West Sider as well, so she understands. She looked tired. <laughs> you if you even her? knew what she does besides okay, so first what off, she does. She's Holy a morning. Cow. She's a morning radio DJ, which means she's up at three in the morning. Three a.m. We record. She was here what? Seven thirty. Seven thirty for 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 a bit with us, and. Uh, uh, so thanks for taking some time, Val. Um, and also, you know, she's trying to fucking have, have a big giant show that she's putting on in like three days. So, uh, you know, she's maybe a little tired. Um, but go to Wizarding Days. Uh, it was a ton of fun last year. So I guarantee it will be. You oh, it's going to be bigger this yeah, year. Yeah, it's going to be bigger. Like, there's more not fun. even a reason to hesitate because. It's like 20 bucks yeah. for a two-day pass. So here's the thing. like, Even if you don't want to get the two-day pass, just get the one-day pass. Ten bucks. I guarantee you will have more fun there. Take a fucking date there. Don't go to a stupid movie. Oh, that would be yeah. fun. So you don't, think about it. Like You take a date to a movie, you don't fucking talk the whole time. You're watching a movie. It's two hours, two and a half hours, four hours now uh, that you're sitting <laughs> in a movie eating With popcorn. Not fucking talking to the person. That already cost you. Just going to the movies, not getting any snacks from anywhere has already cost you more than going to Wizarding Days for an afternoon. And go on Friday so you don't have to fight. You don't have to fight traffic and do whatever the hell you want. And, and feel free to go on Friday in the afternoon after you get off work. Uh, stay till they close. You've definitely paid you 10 bucks worth there. One to eight on Friday. Yeah, so like five to eight, three hours. And then you'll like it so much that you'll just go Saturday as well. I guarantee Ten you. Ten to eight. So uh, enjoy that, and then Jess, I'm I'm gonna not interrupt you. 
I think we, we kind of skipped over. Are you going to talk about the the Shades of Pale thing? Because I think we didn't put all the information out there. Well, it's it's like it's a it's like a month and a half away. I know, but just and she said Jim did say it. it does it does fill up fast. So if you are interested, get a hold of Olio uh, on Facebook. Uh, it's probably the best way to get a hold of them or go to their store, which is really cool. Where do they? Where is it at? Is it at their store? It's at Shades of Pale. No, it's at Shades it's of Pale. Shades of Pale. And if you guys want to meet Chris and Jeremy, hey. they're going to be there because they're the beer drinkers. Because Jess and I are just way too refined for that, aren't we, Jess? She's just making a face at me. <laughs> no, we just don't drink beer. So we're sending the boys on their own. They won't go. Hopefully they never go to events. <laughs> they're going. I do to go to events. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I, I just hope that you two don't embarrass us. Well, we can't make well, that I promise. I can't promise that. That's... <laughs> <laughs> All right, go, Jess. We're going to try not to interrupt you. I don't care if you interrupt me. Uh, so also this weekend, uh, actually next week, uh, is it next, this week or next? next it's yes. next. I, I put it on this week because it's next Tuesday. So I don't want to miss it. Yeah. So we won't talk about it next week. Right. So herbal tea for meditation. Oh yeah. Jen from Oleo, speaking of Oleo, is going to be. God, I love those guys. At the Marmalade Library with Josh the Herbalist. And they are going to be talking about herbal tea for meditation. So I that's love at seven tea. o'clock. Um, it's free, but. Make sure that I think you have to go sign up. Get, go sign up. Yeah, you have to sign up. So um, if you're in the Ogden area on the 24th, Talisman Brewery is doing a beer yoga at 11 a.m. It's 10 Yoga is optional. <laughs> uh, last week we There's talked also about goats and puppies. the uh, Delta Snow Goose Festival. <laughs> so if you want to go down to Delta on 23rd and 24th, remember that the it's the... Flight migration pattern for the snow geese. A question no one's ever said yes to. Do you want to go down to Delta? I hey, they have a hospital there. And well, that's where that's, the inter- that's, that's internment, where the internment camp, is. camp is. Yeah. yeah. The museum. So next weekend, uh, actually next week on the 28th, one of my favorite restaurants is moving from their current location in Sugar House, which is a random neighborhood. It's teeny tiny, but it's called Pernoy, and it's an Italian restaurant. They are moving up the street to uh, 3005 South and Highland Drive. And if you want the best Italian food in Salt Lake, this is the place to go. So go support them because they're amazing. So I'm assuming they'll be closed for a couple days in between? No, like the 20th. So the 28th is their opening, but it was by ticket only. So um, I'll be at the 5 o'clock one. And then I think their official opening is the next day. So. Why didn't you invite me? It's the best Italian food in the valley. Because you don't happy. go to events. Yeah, when would you ever go to anything with me? Never. I'm offended. That's why I don't I ask. go to stuff <clears throat> as often as I can. <laughs> um, a reminder, Chris talked about this a few weeks ago. The Wizards of Pop down at the attic at the Academy Square in Provo. There will be four more weeks left of that. That is the pop-up book thing, guys. Yes. It's not the Wizards of Pop like Michael Jackson. <laughs> no, it's all the books. He was the king That's of the, pop. So it goes, for, it's Monday through Friday, wasn't it's 3.30 to 9. The king, not the prince. Wizard. Wasn't he the prince? No, he's the king. No, huh. prince is the prince. Who would have been the wizard of pop? So I have one more, one more event. Iggy Pop wasn't a wizard. How about Geggy Ta? That maybe you should go to. What? <laughs> Salt Con. 
SoCon is Oh, yeah, SoCon's coming up. Second, Shit, I fucking forgot about that. Third and fourth. So it's up at the Davis Convention Center. And it's basically a board game convention. I got us to go to that, too, this it's, year with some people. It's the 10th anniversary. Okay, so le, le, let me explain SaltCon to those who have never been or don't know what it is. So Jess said it's like a board game convention, but it's not GamerCon. It's not the gaming convention that, that is, is put on. SaltCon is go to a convention center and play games. It's not go to a convention center and buy games and, and look at new games coming out. It's go and play games. So they get all these games. Uh, so Dale, one of the guys that puts it on, has the, just the most immense, insane board game collection known to man. And then people donate games to SaltCon all the time. So there's a big, thriving local uh, board game community. There's a lot of local board game designers that you'll meet there. Um, but really, it's just a time to go and play games. So you can go... On the first from 10 a.m. to midnight. On the second from and the third from 9 a.m. to 3 a.m. And then on the fourth from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. And this is game playing the whole time. So they have a library. There's like dexterity games. There's open gaming. There's figure painting. There's a flea market. There's RPGs. There's tournaments. They'll be playing card games. They'll, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. Family games. So like, sorry. I mean, even a game is sorry. Like sorry or shoots and ladders, people will be playing those games. And if you don't know about how the to, game of life, so if much. you don't know how to play a game, they will teach you, and they're super nice. And if you find a game Which in is the collection, because there's nothing like not feeling like part of something when you want to. Yeah, they're like, hey, come learn how to play this game. We're gonna play. If you um, find a game in the vast collection that you've never heard of before, they'll show you how to play it. Yep, they're so really awesome. Seventy bucks for the whole weekend, um, or. Um, 20 it ranges depending upon the day that you go from $20 to $45 so and, that, and that's because of the number of people that are there and what big events they're doing in a given day because they don't play Dungeons and Dragons this special thing at Dungeons and Dragons the whole time necessarily that sort of thing so well and I think I that there's a an unknown quantity to how people see board games like they do see them as just like sorry and life and shoots and ladders and things like There's that so much and there are tons out there tons that people don't know about that people uh, are playing that you're, you're just not aware of and so it'd be kind of cool because if you're a family that's that does stuff like that all the time infuse your game night with some new if, stuff if you're somehow a mormon that has found this podcast and has stuck with us <laughs> through more if than you're somehow a mormon somehow. i just don't see a lot of like firmly devout lds people sticking to this podcast but if you are or if you know someone and they practice they have family home evening this is a great place to go find some new games that aren't just yahtzee um this is a way to to play I mean, not even like a Settlers of Catan, but there's so many amazing board games out there. Um, that so like back in the Touch Paper Press days, we premiered uh, Ninja Family Picnic there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's such a good game. Anyway, uh, yeah. What else, Jess? Any other events? No, I thought I'd keep it short that since we had me. cool people. <laughs> that excited me. Um, I don't know how much more time we have because... What we're going to listen to now is the Chocolate Conspiracy guys. These guys are awesome. Um, it was a great conversation uh, about... It went really fast. I felt like we could have talked to them for I know. a really he long said time, there was so maybe a, we should have I, them back. I looked up and I was like, fuck, we're almost done. I know, like he an said hour it was 15 an minutes. hour, and I was like, we talked for an hour? Yeah. yeah. 
It was uh, the it sweet, was a, sweet language of chocolate. Well, it's just it's, it's just a cool thing that these guys do. They're, they they actually so we we've talked to Hatch Family Chocolates um, and, and to to Stephen specifically, and you know they are a chocolate make. They're, and Jenny, they're, they're they're a chocolatier, yeah, and, and Jenny, and they produce chocolates, but they don't actually make the chocolate that they use. They they blend it sometimes. They, they bring in really high-quality chocolate. But the guys at Chocolate Conspiracy actually make the chocolate. They actually grind the beans, uh, make the chocolate core. They talk about that process. They talk about why their chocolate's so unique. And it really is very, very, very unique. Uh, and it's fucking amazing. So, I am that chocolate snob that they talked about. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I like chocolate. So, I just like it. It's good. Uh, yeah. So anyway, but so dark chocolate is my favorite. So knowing that, like, that that's what they do. I'm glad they brought some, and that was about. I'm glad that I ate it I all. Can, yeah, it's about as much as I could handle is what I ate. So dark chocolate's had, delicious. I could have had more. So uh, please enjoy that, and um, please to enjoy. Please, who says that? Carrie. Okay, today we have uh, Steve and AJ from Chocolate Conspiracy with us. How are you guys? Excellent. Yeah, doing great. So, uh, I don't even know where to start. Are you guys both Utah locals? Have you been here most of your life, all your life? Yeah, we both have. We grew up in different areas, but... Uh, Those different areas, does that mean like like Murray versus Salt Lake proper, or... No, no, no. Definitely, definitely different, <laughs> areas. different areas. I didn't grow yeah. up in Salt Lake. I grew, out, I grew up outside of Salt Lake. I grew up in Roosevelt. In Roosevelt. Yeah. Wow. That's a very different experience. It, a lot smaller. Yeah, it was definitely small. But uh, my, both my parents are from Salt Lake. So I, my aunt and uncle still live here. I've got family here. So, uh, no, yeah, Salt Lake's been kind of home for a while. So I grew up in Conwood Heights. Yeah, so Salt yeah. Lake. Yeah, yeah. Salt all Lake. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Salt Lake. I wrote Salt Lake City on my address growing yeah, up, even though uh, it was Conwood Heights, yeah. It's all the same. I write Salt Lake City on mine, and it's Kern, so... Cottonwood <laughs> Heights has only been its own thing, technically, for just a few short years anyway. Not even years. Uh, yeah. It happened in my childhood that Cottonwood Heights became a... Kind of its ...incorporated own city, yeah. Thing. I have to think about exactly what year that was, but... Yeah, it's been... I think I was maybe in my teens, something like that. They're like, yeah. what is it? I want to look that up now. Southern California that wants to make its own thing. That was in the news just a little while ago. What? Southern California wants to become its own state. All yeah, they want, they want to split oh, wow. California into two states. Yeah, yeah. I hear about yeah. that. Northern Cali and Southern Cali. Huh. <laughs> so I'm just saying, it's cotton. Yeah, we'll have 51 yeah. states, kind yeah. of. <laughs> the Arby's will have to change their commercial. <laughs> what? This is my new favorite commercial, the Arby's fish sandwich commercial. If you haven't seen it, you need to look it up. It's hilarious. He's seen it. It's someone from the and he says, from, "Welcome, from the Super Bowl. Welcome to the Union, new states, because it's Alaskan fish in Hawaii, a Hawaiian roll." Okay, it's, I don't think. It, it's okay, this <laughs> has nothing to do with chocolate. So, so, so how, how'd you guys? Yeah, how'd we're you way guys off topic. Fish? Do you guys do fish in the chocolate? <laughs> like uh, not yet. Do you do other no. Arby's meats in the chocolate? <laughs> Maybe fish shaped chocolate. <laughs> just the just the cheese. We don't use any of the meat. Just the cheese. <laughs> Passover chocolate shaped like fish. <laughs> That'd work. That'd be cool. Um, so how'd you guys meet? I mean, you grew up in, in Roosevelt. That's a small, tiny place. And yeah, uh, how we met. Uh, it's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. Steve used to run Earth Goods General Store, uh, and I'll you know he'll he'll tell you about that. But that's it was one of the first uh, places that. Came the chocolate conspiracy it was the first place that bought and and retail 
Well, it did retail sales for the chocolate conspiracy. Is that the place down in Orem? No, that's uh, um, Good Earth. Good Earth. Okay. They had they have like four stores. We used to get mixed up with them all well, the time. You can see I already. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and rightfully so. I mean, the names are so close. Earth Goods, Good Earth. That's know. where the whole gang fight came in. Yeah, <laughs> right. Earth fights. Uh, you gotta snap your fingers when you're getting ready to fight. Earth fights. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Earth Goods General Store, uh, thirteen hundred South, nine hundred East. It's no longer there now. It's um. Big Good times tattoo. Big times or big deluxe? Good times. Good times. Sorry, Good times, way off. Yeah, okay. Good times tattoo. Um, <laughs> so Earth Goods was there from 2007 till 2013. And I was there from 9 to 13. And uh, then the store moved down to 300 south and about 300 east. And then... That only lasted about six months, and then it closed in February of 2014. But anyway, to go back to what we were saying, um, I managed that store, and AJ came in, um, you know, one day in like probably early 2010, a little bit after he had started the business, and he brought in these chocolate bars, and he, you know, said he was just started this business, and he was looking for stores to carry the chocolate. And he gave us some samples and <laughs> the chocolate wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I, it was, it was back in the day. So, you know? so let me, let me, <laughs> ask, let me ask the beginnings <laughs> of the chocolate conspiracy. Let me ask you this, AJ, when, when you brought that chocolate in, like, were you already approved to produce chocolate and did you go through any of the, you know, health food regulations or yeah. anything like that? Like, yeah. Uh, Yep. So back, you know, to jump back again to how the business really started, uh, I my background's in in health and nutrition, and so I was living on the East Coast. I was going to school at a, uh, at a place called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and it's a, a holistic nutrition school where they teach about um, every methodology of nutrition. Nutrition. So it it covers everything from veganism to the keto diet to the peanut butter diet to fad diets to ayurvedic diets to w whatever you know they covered the whole gamut and um during school i started a chocolate company and um, i was working as a chef i'd i've been in, working in kitchens for quite a few many years and then uh i started the company was working in a proper kitchens yes i had i had my licenses i had i had I'm everything just making sure, like. oh, yeah, no. uh, you know making what? it in your grandma's basement uh, uh, well actually i started in my grandma's kitchen um because that's i i lived in my yeah exactly i lived in my grandma's condo and i i had the basement apartment and uh i did when i first was doing all my test batches so what i would do is i would make chocolate in my grandma's kitchen and uh i would I had molds and I had packaging and, you know, I had some somewhat and the name was was developed. And so I had these really ghetto stickers and these really ghetto wraps and I would stock my backpack full of chocolate and then I would go to school. And so I'd go to Manhattan and I would have a backpack with, you know, three to six hundred dollars worth of chocolate. So you were like a drug dealer. Yeah, it, it was the weird, it was kind of an interesting thing of being, being this like natural foodie hippie selling you know, chocolate in Manhattan. So yeah, I would go to school and I would just slang chocolate bars to, 
fellow students. And then I would have an empty backpack and a wad of cash. And yeah, it did kind of feel like I was a, a <laughs> chocolate peddler. You don't want to get uh, stopped on the way home. Hey, dude. Yeah. What's all these hundos in your pocket? That's a lot of so, ones, yeah. brother. And you were like that. Yeah, it's Manhattan. Uh, I don't think anybody. No, would nobody would have cared. Nah, nobody would have even cared. So, uh, but uh, you know, so I finished school, and when I was done, I decided to move back to Utah. Uh, that wasn't the plan, but that's how it ended up happening. And so, um, yeah, when I first started, I had I rented just a little catering kitchen and got all the licenses I needed, got everything going. And I was doing health coaching and working for the school that I graduated from. And that was what was actually, you know, paying, pay, bills. paying bills. So I was doing health coaching, working with people one on one and just honing the skill of chocolate. Yeah, still not very great, though. No, it wasn't. Oh, no, no. (laughs) It's really interesting, you know, coming and we can we'll talk about the bean bean to bar chocolate movement. But, you know, back then, all I knew about was vegan, healthy chocolate. You know, I I didn't know about (laughs) fine. That's exactly what it tasted like. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like it was like the the school fundraiser chocolate bars. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, better than that. But but you know, know, when someone says healthy chocolate, it's like a. Flintstone vitamin dipped in chocolate. You know, that's kind of what it tastes like. It's chalky. It's gritty. It's it's gritty. Chalky. Yeah. 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 Doesn't have a very so yeah, pleasant yeah. finish to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But you could tell it's really healthy. So, so. you decided to carry it anyway? Were you feeling sorry for well, it? Well, so. No, not, not right away. No, yeah. <laughs> I did feel sorry, yes. And I told him to get the hell out. <laughs> no, so he actually. So I told him, like, look, we're not looking to bring in anything like this right now. Not like this. Yeah. <laughs> look, dude, we're, we're a healthy health food store. We don't want fucking chocolate. Here. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I, I, I gave him some really good feedback. I just said, I. I don't think the product is that great as taste. I love what you're doing, though. And I, I did love what he was doing. The fact that he was making raw chocolate and it was honey sweetened and just the the feel of the brand and the passion that he had about it. I knew it was something that I wanted to be a part of, you know, and at that time I thought it was just something that I eventually wanted to sell. But, you know, come to find out, I jumped on board as an owner later on. So anyway, he came back a few months later. And, you know, I didn't turn him down super cold. I just said, not right now. Check back in. He came back. The chocolate was way better. The packaging had improved. And I was like, okay, we want to carry this. This is cool. I think our customers will really dig this. Um, Let's bring it on. And so we started carrying some chocolate bars. And over the next few years, not only do we carry chocolate bars, but around Valentine's and Christmas, we would have truffles. Um... I think we even maybe had peanut butter cups off and on once or twice. Every now and then. Um, Every now and then. Yeah, but we always had the chocolate bars. It was, you know, people knew they could get chocolate conspiracy chocolate bars at Earth Goods General Store. So what changed? Your method, your recipe, a little Uh, of everything? Yeah, a little of everything. So, again, it was, you know, I don't think that chocolate conspiracy would have survived if I didn't stay in Utah which is kind of an interesting thing. So when I had first, you know, I had taken my chocolate to Caputo's and taken samples to Matt Caputo. And it was the same, same story. He's like, Mm -hmm. but, but he, he let me down uh, a lot more harshly than Steve did. Steve was real nice about it. And Matt was like, this tastes like shit, man. (laughs) Um, You know, so, but no, it was, uh, it, what I, what I started getting involved in is there's a, a Utah chocolate society and I started eating more chocolate. And at that time I wasn't eating what was considered fine chocolate. I was a health food eater. So I started 
eating sugar again and eating milk again. And You're like, really, wow, this fucking Snickers is great. Yeah, this stuff's <laughs> awesome. You know, so I started really getting back into chocolate and I, I started researching, okay, how is chocolate actually made? So it, it, in the beginning, I wasn't really making chocolate uh, supposedly to the traditional methods of making chocolate. And we can taste that now. There's chocolate out there that used oh, to yeah. be like mine. And we try it and we're like, oh, this is this was eight years ago. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is vegan chocolate. You remember yeah. your humble beginnings. This is so, so 2009. Yeah. Yeah, this, so. Is, this is hippie meat chocolate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it was good because we had, I really had the community to uh, to experiment. I had the community to sample it. I had the community to give me honest feedback. And that, that you know, so the method changed. And, right. Because your grandma's like, hey, this is the best thing I've ever had. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, oh, I'll keep exactly. Same with my mom, you know. And that, you know, so it's always, there's always that honest feedback and then the honest feedback. And that was what just helped me grow. So uh, the first few years, it was lear- learning methods. But then it's also about learning about where the chocolate's coming from and, and refining the, the ingredients and getting better ingredients. And so we got better honey. We got better cacao. So, you know, over these last few years, it's really we refined everything. We refined the ingredients. We refined the process, the method, the packaging. So, so let's, talk, let's talk about those ingredients for a minute because that is not a, a real traditional chocolate right so you guys don't use any refined sugars you don't use any dairy products which to me making chocolate without some kind of dairy product is insane (laughs) (laughs) so i mean other than the obvious that i'm a nutritionist why did you go down that path and decide you know i'm just going to stick to my guns and not add those things in uh i guess i i always wanted to the whole idea was to create a healthy chocolate and you know as you can make a healthy chocolate. That's easy. Making healthy chocolate in itself is healthy. You well, know, without the sugar, with, just with the, the pure cocoa. Exactly. So even a even if you get a Dove sixty five percent cacao chocolate bar, that's still relatively good for you. Yes, you're eating cane sugar, but you're eating, you know, you're eating a lot of cacao. Cacao is a good food. Uh, so the whole idea was to to not use milk and not use refined sugar. Um, sticking to the guns. I love honey. There's something about there's something about it. It's the only unprocessed sweetener on the planet. It's the only one. And so that was something that I always, I, I guess the challenge for me was, can I make honey sweet and chocolate? And can I, can we make it, it can, can we make it so Matt Caputo likes it? Or, you know, <laughs> or, or people like Matt Caputo, people with that standard of taste, people with who, who have that high class mentality of like, this is a refined, I have a refined palate. You know, there's, Chocolate snobs, you know. I wanted to make a healthy chocolate for the chocolate snobs, and I feel like we've finally done it. So, yeah, so, I mean, I yeah. wouldn't disagree. No, and so yeah, of, of you know, and now that that's just the method, and that's what we've been doing. That's who we are. Um, you know, we've been playing with other ingredients. We want to do a white chocolate, and we I want to play with milk chocolate only for my own experimentation. But will we sell it? No, probably not. We we won't ever deliver a milk chocolate to the masses because. It's not who we are. That's not what we do. So, you know, the this the the uh, the pragmatic kind of view of it is like this is our method. This is what we'll stick to. But, yeah, we don't do dairy, no soy, no refined sugars, no gluten, uh, no corn, no added. Is there really a lot of gluten and chocolate out there, though? No, no, not really. Not, but it's not you're, in your candy, in your candy, yeah. you know, like your Twix bars and your, you know. Well, yeah, because you have the cookie. And yep, the, exactly. So yeah. so a lot of people who have gluten intolerance or dairy intolerance usually 
when it happens and they learn about it, they're like, I, I can't have anything with, you know, so everyone thinks milk chocolate is just the standard. So, but most chocolate is dark chocolate. So yeah, yeah. people, when they hear they can't, <laughs> they can't do chocolate. Yeah, people say when they can't do milk, they like just cut out chocolate. And so it's funny because people walk into our store and they're like, oh, my gosh, I haven't had chocolate in four years. And I'm like, why? Wow. <laughs> you got Caputo's down the street. Like why? you you are missing a whole world. It's yeah. We had a guy come in. Gosh, it was just right before Valentine's. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. He called the shop and he said, um, hey, somebody told me that you guys make uh, chocolate without dairy. Is that true? And I was like, yeah, that's true. We don't use dairy in anything we do. And he's like, oh, my gosh, that is just so amazing. I can't believe that you guys make all dark chocolate and you don't use dairy. And, you know, I hung up the phone and uh, I just looked at AJ and I'm like, it's amazing how many people think of chocolate and they think of dairy. Whereas, I mean, if you walk into Caputo's and you peruse their, you know, their chocolate section, I mean, they have literally hundreds of chocolate bars from around the world that are considered you know bean to bar craft chocolate and most of those don't have dairy i mean they have a lot of milk chocolate but they have a lot of chocolate that does not have dairy and it's yeah it's just interesting that people still haven't really like um just to realize that world well it's a a very i mean really it's a very american thing because the chocolate that we are exposed to in mass in all candy bars under the sun it seems like it's all milk chocolate yeah. You know, Hershey's Kiss. Mounds is dark chocolate. <laughs> so we, can, we can blame Hershey for that. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it doesn't, it, it, it's not crazy to me. Honey is, is an interesting thought in terms of a sweetener, right? Yeah. So where do you, where do you source your honey from? And I have, the bigger question to me is how the hell do you get honey to work? Because <laughs> I love honey and he's a beekeeper. Sort oh, of sometimes yeah. when they don't all die. Uh, you can you can tell where it comes from, and I'll tell how it works. Yeah. So uh, the farm that we get our honey from is called White Lake Farms. Um, their main farm is in Genola, Utah. Which <laughs> it's fun to tell our customers that, and they look at you like, "What the hell is did that?" You it? say? It's is like Sam from Roosevelt, man. Yeah. <laughs> did you where? just say canola? I think they oh, know Roosevelt before they knew Genola. Yeah, but, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> is it a polygamist farm? Uh, I wish. I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope it is. I had to think about no, that. It's, it's no, it's not. It's not. So that's where their main farm is, but they have hundreds, about 800 uh, hives that they set up across the Wasatch Front, you know, as up towards Logan and down farther south than, than Genola, and they blend all that honey together. Oh, and nice. so it's really, really consistent for us to make our chocolate, whereas when AJ was first making chocolate, you know, he'd try honey from Clifford and honey from you Cox, know, Cox and honey from all these other producers. And it, it would never be consistent. And that makes it really difficult yeah, to make the same about, product for your customer day after day. It's right? all about where the bees eat and what they're eating. Yeah. Well, and so the bees, uh, White Lake Farms, the bees are only pollinating wildflowers and un- unsprayed fruit orchards. And... Man, you can just you can taste that that quality and that you know you you can I mean you know honey it's you can just really taste. He's like a little bit in the chocolate <laughs> and a spoonful for me. Oh, totally. Yeah, we eat it all the time, just straight. Yeah. It's amazing, but yeah, it's a really really clean, um, in depth honey. It's 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 nice. So how does that work in in terms of integrating the honey into the cacao? 
No, versus using a, a typical sugar. Yeah. So uh, your your typical methods for making chocolate. This will this is a shortened version for the podcast. It's beans come into the facility, and they get sorted, cleaned. Then they go through uh, a roasting process, and that usually loosens the skin. And then to lo- then to get the skin off, you do what's called winnowing. And then winnowing cracks the beans, and it's basically separation of the skin uh, from the main part, the nib. Then the nib goes through a grinding process, ground into chocolate liqueur. And then from chocolate liqueur, you usually is you and when a, tr- a traditional chocolate maker would add sugar as well, so they grind the sugar and the chocolate the nibs together. Where we just do nibs and butter, cacao butter, so that gives us this really nice fluid consistency. What we do is we drain our grinder and then separate those that liqueur into smaller batches. So you process your own, yes, because most people don't. Most people outsource. That that for, grinding for process. obvious reasons, yes, but that's really cool. Exactly, and you know something else that's different about. I'll jump back to honey, but what what else is different is that we don't roast our cocoa beans. That's one of the other differences with our company. Wow. So we don't roast and we don't use refined sugar. So those are kind of the main things that really set us apart. And but the honey gets incorporated right before the tempering process. So when that liqueur is melted. We add honey to it, and it's a matter of finding the right ratio of butter to honey uh, because honey's a liquid sweetener. You mix any kind of liquid with chocolate, it it binds, exactly. it messes up, uh, the chemistry's all off. So it's it. that's what really took me a long time was finding the right equipment to be able to temper chocolate with honey and be able to do it in the time frame in which the honey wouldn't bind. So did you dump a lot of chocolate up front? I, no. I, I've, lost, I've, lost, I've lost a few little bucket babies of chocolate, yeah. Well, um, luckily, those moments come much more far. Oh, yeah, between. it's so rare now. When it happens, it's, it's rare. Um, but, you know, before I was losing, I could lose 40 pounds of chocolate in a week or in a month. You know, it so. wouldn't bind or it would just clump up and... Yep. That's the end of it. Yep. And yeah. so, you know, in the beginning, there were machinery. There were certain machines that I just couldn't use or we, we bought a really nice machine and it didn't work for what we were doing. So we, we sat on it for a long time and now we're trying to sell it. And, you know, <laughs> so and it's hard to sell a really expensive chocolate machine that's worth, the, you know, more than some people's cars. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> pretty um, specific piece of equipment. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it, you know, but that was, again, that. I think that was what really separated us that all this time and work and frustration. Um, and now that it works now, we know it works. We can, we can copy it. We can mimic it. Um, and now it's, now we can actually produce easily. <laughs> so I want to go back to the beans. Why don't you yep. roast your beans? So I don't roast my beans. Cause that, again, that comes from my background in health and nutrition. And I came from a, a raw foodie background, and that's when I was first exposed to raw chocolate uh, or chocolate in Taste. general. You know, raw chocolate, I, someone gave me a raw cocoa bean, and uh, it just kind of blew my, my a, a fuse in my brain somewhere. <laughs> I don't know in a good way or a bad way, but it just blew a fuse, it's, man. It's obviously got to change something when yeah. you roast so, it, like coffee. You know, roasting, roast roasting, typically what it does is it uh, it it changes the flavor just like coffee. So a, a lower, a, a low roast or a light roast is um, more fruity. It's more tannic. It's sharp. The medium roast, you get kind of the nutty flavors plus the fruity flavors. Once you start going roasty, you get dark, chicory, earthy, 
wood, you know, whatever kind of earthy burnt. flavors, burnt flavor. Yeah. Burnt chocolate, burnt chocolate, burnt, <laughs> burnt coffee. coffee. Yeah. Thanks, Starbucks. Yep, exactly. So, you know, that's kind of Hershey's and, and Starbucks are on the same page. You eat it and it tastes burnt and you know it's burnt and the French people love and it. You will love and, it. And, yeah, exactly. People love it. And you just add a ton of sugar and ton of milk and you can offset that bitterness. And Also with coffee, if you burn it, it uh, decreases the caffeine mm-hmm. quite yeah. a bit. Yep. So there's, you know, I came from it looking at health. You know, you don't roast things. You don't lose antioxidants. You don't lose minerals. You don't lose vitamins. There's a lot of things. But again, you can take the darkest roasted cacao, even burnt. It still has more antioxidants than any food on the planet. So even the darkest burnt, even dirtiest chocolate, it's still really healthy for you. So we're just kind of stepping it up a notch and uh, doing it, doing it even better. So I don't I I feel like I missed the part where you got recruited to where Stephen. I don't think he said. No, well, no, we need to get to that because I need to know. Because we got how, Willy Wonka over here making the chocolate. Yeah, and then we have a man who turned him down and now is like yeah. running a storefront. So well, AJ literally showed up to my house one night with a knife in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and he told me. It had like, chocolate was dripping off the edge, though. You know, it wasn't a bloody knife. It was a chocolatey knife. I'm going to I might have licked the knife. I don't know. <laughs> in that sleepy days. Um, no, so, yeah, to go back. So we developed this relationship, uh, you know, over however many years. What? Gosh, two, or, two or three. Yeah, about three um, that, you know, Earth Goods carried the chocolate. And Earth Goods, Earth Goods was always a really tough business. It was a store that had hundreds of products that were all eco-friendly in one way or another. And the store was, gosh, what, 1,800 square feet? And, you know, it was an old 7-Eleven. And just imagine this old 7-Eleven just full of household cleaning supplies, um, Gifts, toys, office supplies. I mean, you name it, that store pretty much had it. It was like a little mini department store for eco-friendly items. It was hard, you know, because you have to have a lot of inventory to run a store like that. And so the store had a ton of overhead. Long story short, um, the store just was really struggling. Um, The owner had to lay me off. And and to backtrack a little bit, the store moved, moved to a smaller location, tried to reduce overhead. Sales went down. Um, Owner had to lay me off. And literally when I found out I was getting laid off, um, I think it was that same day or maybe maybe one day after. Close. uh, AJ walks in the door of Earth Goods to check on our inventory of the chocolate. And, you know, he he says, how are you? And I just I was glum and I was like, oh, you know, Tom just told me he's going to have to lay me off. And you know, I've got two weeks and I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I was just all kind of wound up with this. And, you know, AJ looked at me and he said, I need somebody to help me with sales and I need somebody to help me get more wholesale accounts. I want to get my product into more stores. He's like, do you think that's something you'd want to do? And I would just, no question. I said, absolutely. You know, I would, I would love that. Sales is my thing i just i don't uh, there's something i love about talking to people and and selling something that i feel really strong about and you know working at earth goods and selling all those products i just man i loved going to work and he could trade your shirt and then sell it back to you (laughs) (laughs) i really could (laughs) so so yeah aj came in and you know 
asked me if I wanted to come on board. And so I, what I did is not only did I start working for AJ, but I started working for like two other, um, small businesses that I had developed relationships with at earth goods. One of them is Chapool, which is, um, Crick energy bars made with cricket flour. They're a local company here. Hmm. Um, Pat, the owner, he actually pitched it on Shark Tank, and Mark Cuban is now a 20% owner in, Ch- in Chapool. Uh, wow. The yeah. other company is Laziz. Um, mm-hmm. Laziz, uh, they started out with doing Middle Eastern spreads, selling them at the farmer's market, got into Harmon's Whole Foods, and now they have a, a restaurant right around the corner from our chocolate shop, actually. So I was working for those three companies simultaneously, managing uh, wholesale accounts and trying to pick up more wholesale accounts and just loved it. But I knew, I knew immediately that I wanted to become a permanent part of the chocolate conspiracy and not just, you know, be an employee. I, I wanted more, you know, I wanted to, to take on an ownership. And so AJ and I, you know, started discussing it. And I think within a year I, I took on an ownership and, and, and slowly also took on a managerial role and took a lot off his plate so he could just focus more on the chocolate making and what he really loves to do. And I could pick up a lot more of the, you know, business operations and sales. And so, yeah, we make a really good balance. That's team. one of the yeah. hardest parts about being small business and or self-employed. There's the one thing you're super good at, and then there's everything oh, yeah. else. You, and you have to do it. You have to <laughs> yeah, do all yeah. those things. For a long time, you got to do everything. Yeah. We, we still wear so many hats. Yeah. We're, and, we're still trying to figure out ways to, to delegate, but we're still a small it's team. It's gotten a lot and better. It's gotten way better. But mm-hmm. again, that's the learning process of so running, still just running a business. You or do you no, have... there's four of us. Oh, so you got We help. have yep. two part-time employees. Yep. Uh, one of them's actually AJ's girlfriend, and she's been helping the Chocolate Conspiracy from the beginnings. I mean, they... Yeah. They basically got together right when I started. Yeah, their like, their relationships as old as the chocolate conspiracy. So has the relationship gotten better? Is the chocolate? Gotten better? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, just just aged over time. You know, it's like it's the good chocolate, fine wine. Uh, no, a lot of you may know Erica. Um, she used to work for Finca um, and uh, Pago. She was one of the bakers there. So Courtney McDowell um, works at Pallet. So she was Courtney McDowell's assistant. Um, Amber Billingsley, uh, a lot of people know she's one of the top pastry chefs in Salt Lake. Um, Amber used to work at Three Cups Coffee. Erica took her job uh, after Amber left. Um, so, yeah, she's kind of just flown under the radar as one of the one of the best bakers in Salt Lake. But she's she uses our chocolate when she bakes. And now, yeah, so now she's she's kind of getting tired of the baking thing. But she uh, she's she's slinging chocolate now. So she always has and she, she, she always <laughs> will, I think. So, yeah. So did, did did managing wholesale operations for three different groups at the same time in the Valley, did that help you maybe leverage getting into places like Harmon's oh, because you could use all three of them? No question. Yeah. Um, I just, and well, and even to go back to earth goods, um, because earth goods was so connected to, uh, so many local small businesses and, you know, I just developed so many relationships with people that were coming in and out of that store that, I mean, that serves me very well to this day. It's, um, yeah, I, I relish the experience, and it's it's given me a really good tool belt. So, so I want to talk about the actual chocolate itself. 
Yeah. So like, <laughs> so so should, we, we should probably we, eat some while you. We're, we're yeah. gonna have to. Eat some. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, we're gonna have to try it. So we've talked to different Open chocolate that chocolate over there. Chocolatiers, is that what you're called? Chocolatiers. We've talked to a few different chocolatiers yep. on the show. The we've talked about the process. What exactly do you produce? So if we walk into your storefront or look online, what are the kinds of things that we can? purchase totally so chocolate baby jesus oh yeah <laughs> for, for for real for for real, for, for real. i want to talk i wish we would have brought one i know right <laughs> does they've all come, been does consumed he come yeah. inside of a manger it, yes yes yeah, yeah. actually so, does so he really is the sweet baby jesus <laughs> oh, oh yeah dark dark chocolate baby jesus oh, dark dark chocolate so closer, uh, he, probably closer to his real color he, than portrayed by Mormon. yes yes the white he's, chocolate he's baby probably jesus. darker than even his true color yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he never gets old I, we got to make a like a blonde like a milk chocolate so he you know he looks so you have white baby jesus you know. we'll have both yeah and the dark baby can you make, exactly. a, can you make a chocolate pope I we should we need to. so we yeah talked about doing the Pope the Pope, Buddha, Buddha yeah. maybe the maybe like a menorah or uh, you know the oh, star the Buddha of David. his belly could be like a uh-huh. oh yeah a little that dreidel that'd be billion. fun <laughs> so yeah a lot of people want us to do the Easter Bunny and a few other things but now we just stick with Jesus he's our homie so <laughs> <laughs> only baby Jesus though older Jesus now he yeah. just wants your money you gotta right. stick with the baby eight yeah. pounds six ounds yeah. wrapped in a golden <laughs> 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 so when you walk into the store there's three main products that we sell we have a drinking chocolate we have chocolate bars and we make chocolate truffles those are the three products Let's start with drinking chocolate drinking chocolate so we have a, it's called our chocolate milk mix chocolate drink mix um, it's a powdered mix we add vanilla sea salt um, and mesquite and that's really what separates it and then we use cocoa powder and coconut palm sugar is the sweetener we choose to use. We get that out of Bali from a farm called Big Tree Farms. And so basically what that is, is that's like the the nectar of the coconut flower and then dehydrated. So that tastes like this love. It's pretty much it's the best hot chocolate and the best cold chocolate milk you'll ever have. And yeah, but you got to <laughs> drink milk to have chocolate milk. Yeah, exactly. So we use coconut milk in our chocolate shop. So what we do is we serve a chocolate smoothie. And then we serve the hot chocolate, our gourmet sipping chocolate. Mm-hmm. So those are the two items you could buy fresh. Like, we'll actually make you a cup when you come in. Do you do, like, the coffee-style chocolate? We do, uh, we do a few things. So we just do drip coffee, um, but we'll make a mocha for you. But our mocha is just a half and half. So you get half French press, half of our gourmet sipping chocolate. Gotcha. Yep. So you don't get a latte, you know, or, or anything like that. Or, or a mocha is usually espresso. Um, so we do have coffee drinks. We use La Barba beans right now. We've used blue copper. Again, we source locally. Both of those are delicious. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so those are truffles, uh, are the product that we make that it's our best selling item. Um, uh, but Ooh, you can only, chocolate looks like a beehive. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can only get our truffles at our location. Um, it's one of our better selling items and it is a French style chocolate. It's a French style truffle and we use maple as a sweetener. So we use an organic maple and, uh, we use coconut oil, cocoa butter as the base (laughs) and then cocoa powder. And so that gives you a really nice, light, creamy truffle. We do six different flavors, usually sometimes eight flavors, um, but you can get a one piece, a six piece, or a twelve piece in the chocolate shop. I'm going to make a quick observation here. Yeah, you have nutrition label on here. My understanding is that is incredibly expensive to make happen. Uh, it is uh, nowadays. They've got cool 
uh, websites where you can tweak and play and add ingredients, and you oh, can cool. you can make your own nutrition labels for on the cheap. We did all of these That's for awesome. free, actually. Yeah. Very cool. That wild spice is amazing. Holy cow! Thank you. The barcodes are actually a lot more expensive than the nutrition labels. Really? Yeah. Yeah, barcodes yeah. are a pain. Yeah, yeah there's. They, they suck. Well, and <laughs> barcodes can be cheap, but when you start getting into bigger retailers, they require you to have these barcodes that are called GS1 certified, mm -hmm. and that costs hundreds of dollars a year to get GS1 certified barcodes, which we did. What about year and a half ago? We, you know, because they create a truly we grew up. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, and our last our are, last product is our best. Uh, you know, our yeah, not our best selling, but it is our best uh, promoted product. Our chocolate bars, uh, chocolate bars. We are what we distribute. We also do distribute the drink mix. Uh, chocolate bars are our signature product. It's what we make. It's what we distribute. It. Uh, we have five flavors: our pure dark, mint chip, blackberry ginger, maca, and wild spice. And so those five bars you can get in all the Harmons locations in Utah, Whole Foods, uh, natural grocers, real foods. Um, tons of small little eclectic shops. Uh, and so that's the, the bars are really what, you know, truffles, a lot of people can make truffles like these. They're good. They're amazing. The drink mix that exists out around there. There's a few companies that are making really good drinking chocolate, but our bars are, are what cannot be replicated. Well, they're, yeah, they're, they're purely unique in terms of the flavor profile. I mean, everyone adds, everyone knows you're going to add you know, pepper or, or cayenne or serrano or some kind of chili to chocolate. But the the other spice that's in here is just, it's it's is a truly unique experience. It's not just a, a chili and chocolate sort of thing. Nice. If you didn't say there was honey in it, <clears throat> I would have never known. Oh, good. Hmm. Some customers, when you're sampling to them, they're just immediately like, wow, I can taste the honey. And other customers like, you know, other people like you are just like, oh, I wouldn't have known there was honey if you didn't tell I'm me. I'm glad it's so. in there. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, Jeremy eats a lot of honey, so. I like honey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's his own. <laughs> yeah, there's actually about 25% honey in, in each bar. That's so, a lot. Yeah. A lot honey. It's a very, very good, creamy, smooth texture, too, for having no dairy. Yeah, we... I like to suck on my chocolate, so I was surprised how smooth. <laughs> like, I don't like to just chew it. Yep. So it's really good because, like... It doesn't just like melt. It like sits in your mouth and play with my lingers. The flavors meld around. I do like the mold for your bars, though. It's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, a quick story on the mold, actually. So we <laughs> updated our packaging about a year and a half ago. And we, <laughs> a couple of months prior to launching our packaging, quite a few months, we, um, we knew we wanted to get new molds because we were changing the size of the chocolate bar. And we, gosh, we had probably, I don't know, at least half a dozen conversations where we would sit down like, okay, do we want to have a beehive? Do we want to have our logo? Do we want to, you know, what shape do we want it to be? Should we, we put a bee on there? All kinds of things. And just, we had so many sketches and so many different ideas and nothing really just felt right. <laughs> and literally it came time to, to just... Pull the trigger. Have to make a decision. <laughs> and so AJ and I just sat down one one evening, you know, before going home and we just said, okay, we've got to just got to get some traction on this chocolate bar mold. And literally within like, 
I don't know, 60 seconds. <laughs> we drew up this mold uh, the way it is now, and it's just, it was perfect. Yeah, I, I think we never like, looked back. I think we Googled. Cinnamon we, sugar. Yeah, yeah. We Googled honey <laughs> honeycomb patterns, and we got this general you know pattern on google <laughs> images and we're like yeah let's take let's use that so we got the image and like printed it out and then we tweaked it and added our logo and we're like all right our designer can make this look good so how many molds do you have like uh, hundreds of yeah I mean, we have hundreds same, we we hundreds of couple molds hundred. so that you can pour multiple things yep when each each mold tray has four four chocolate bar uh cavities cavities yeah i was trying so to think of the technical term when you there. do a run or, or whatever the term is how many do you do at a time? So an average, so one batch uh, is 150 bars. And and we can do, we usually we do two a day. And that's just, that's just kind of keeping us average production. Um, but we could do up to four a day. So that's kind of when we start to upscale. We, we know that like we have the ability to upscale. Um, you could do that many. Yes, exactly. So then let's say... When that day comes, yep. that you need to produce more than that, what's on the horizon? Uh, what do you guys? Yeah, we've got a new grinder on the, on the line, so we we're gonna have a new grinder. So we'll be grinding double what we do in a week, which will just double our our output. So uh, what we did, you know, with w a year and a half ago, with all of these changes, we got new equipment and new machinery. So basically, we quadrupled our output. So we were able to make about thirty five to forty bars in the same time and now we're doing we can we jump that up to 150 um so is yeah, the grinding process is that your bottleneck no no actually no. it's it's pat packaging oh and tempering so tempering is this process of uh basically heating and heating and cooling the chocolate to uh to pull the sugar and fat molecules together to make a nice shiny chocolate bar but it's honey, a very shiny chocolate bar. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's how you perfect. get the snap, right? That's how that's you get the snap, and it, it preserves shelf life, and it makes it look pretty, makes it look nice. So there's, you know, what happens is if one that comes out of temper, it starts to bloom. That's when you get that white kind of film on your chocolate. Now, honey sweetened chocolate can't be tempered uh, through the certain normal type of machinery. So we have to use a machine, and it takes about an hour and a half. Uh, and we can't fill it full. So if I could fill it full, <laughs> I could do 300 chocolate bars in the, an hour and a half. But we can only fill them half full because it, the chocolate will bind. So I, we have two tempering machines where we run them simultaneously. And we do one batch, pour 150 bars. And then right behind that one batch, we do a second batch and pour another 150 chocolate bars. So, And that whole process is basically from 10 a.m. to like 2 p.m. You know, that in, a, in a matter of four or five hours, we can do 300 chocolate bars. You compare so. that to what another bean-to-bar chocolate maker does. It's just, you know, uses sugar, and they can do so much more They'll, in that amount of time. Yeah, and that's so there's, one of our limiting factors in growth. Yep, just, there's one machine called a, a continuous tempering machine, and it'll temper chocolate within five to eight minutes. So oh, once wow. everything's melted, yeah, it goes through a series of pipes, and it comes out, and it's tempered. And they could do... All three three hundred bars, three hundred pounds. You know, they could, yeah, they could do hundreds so, of pounds at a time. It sounds to me like you guys just need to innovate the machine that you need at this point. Exactly. So, like that, I mean, well, if, you think, if you think about it, like a lot of the really big, uh, a lot of the really big companies nowadays, that's what they did. That's totally. how they got to that point. I mean, totally. Part of why Hershey became Hershey was they created some of the machines that are required to mass yep. produce. So. Yep. So you guys, and that's oh, go sorry, ahead. no, go ahead. I was that was one of the issues originally is 
there's a lot of home use. And this was in the, you know, 10 years ago when fine chocolate was becoming what it is today. American fine chocolate. There's, there's machinery out there for really good Italian, French, Belgian chocolate makers. You know, you can make chocolate bean to bar, but you got to buy these machines that are $125,000 and $50,000 and $20,000, you know, so you can do it. But there's machinery for really large scale manufacturing and there's machinery for home use. There's no small or medium scale machinery out there. And that was, you know, that was 10 years ago. So now we've started to see there's a company called Vidiri Chocolate. And Mark Rotar, he's one of the owners, uh, one of the chocolate makers. He's built his own machine. So now he, there's a new grinder. It's basically like, you know, D- Detroit making cars. He's like, I'm making grinders. So this is like the American-made grinder. And it is dope. It's a it's beautiful a sexy grinder. machine. Yeah, but it's, you know, almost 30, <laughs> well, gr- 30 grand. We've so. had a similar, <laughs> similar stories talking to some of the distillers here in Utah. They're like, same. the yep. equipment just didn't exist. Yep, same. So we bought this piece and this piece <laughs> and, and we made it. them together. We made it work. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So do you guys do you guys partner with with other local businesses to to do some of your stuff? I mean, outside of, of sales, obviously. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. And this is a perfect time to give them a shout out. So uh, what we do is we co. We've done a lot of events with a lot of companies, and I'll I'll tag some of those. We'll give them a shout out. But we manufacture specific products for these companies. We make uh, beer infused chocolate bars for Fisher Beer. Uh, we make. Uh, a honey sweetened chocolate for a company called Aceta Honey, and they have their own honey. They uh, import this wonderful honey from Africa, uh, and we make a chocolate bar for them with their honey, and it's it's awesome. Uh, we also work with Hip and Humble. It's a, a cute boutique on Ninth and Ninth. We make two chocolate bars for them. We do a maple crunch and a coffee bar. And we use Labarba coffee for that. Coffee bar sounds good. Yeah, it's one so of the good. truffles in that box was coffee. Um, did you find, did some, you find it? Brie? Some somewhere in there. Yeah, it's gone. It was delicious. So unfortunately, I I don't like coffee, but I love dark chocolate. So I ate it and went. Well, this is kind of confusing. <laughs> I'm quickly realizing I did not bring enough chocolate. <laughs> I love chocolate. Can you ever they're bring enough chocolate? No. Yeah, usually not. If um, they're not going to eat it, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> and there's one other company we work with, and they're on 9th and 9th as well, and they're called Orchid Dynasty, and they're a beautiful orchid flower shop. And we make them a heavily, in, a heavily laden uh, vanilla chocolate bar because vanilla is an orchid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's one of my favorite chocolate bars. I thought it was the best I've made. and But now I've been doing these Fisher beer bars. <laughs> and I'm like... I'm, and those are only about, what, like a month, a month-ish? <laughs> we, did, we did it around for Christmas. So okay. we, we did it for yeah. Christmas and took them bars and they sold everything in three days. And they killed it. Surprised. And then we did another round for Valentine's Day. And they're... I mean, it, I, I, I took the the extras home and I'm... I, it's, it's very gone. convenient. They're right around the corner from you. It's so convenient. So yeah. do you get into like the molds and do all the crazy stuff or no, you're you're more just about the chocolate? They have just about the Jesus. chocolate. <laughs> well, baby Jesus. That's it. That's it. No, so we are about the chocolate. We don't, you know, it, it's funny. People come to our shop and they think it's a, a, a they think it's Cummings. You know, they look around and they're like. <laughs> like, where's the chocolate covered caramels? Exactly. Is this it? Oh, you have sea foam. Everybody you have caramels, wants you have chocolate nuts. covered strawberries. Do you have or anything with almonds? Bears. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe if they were vodka infused. Yeah, exactly. Right? Bears. Yeah. That'd so we, we've really had to educate consumer and just say we are a chocolate manufacturer. You know, and people get it. I think more or less that 
the past couple of years, it's been easier to to not get bogged down by customers coming in and being like, "Is this all you have?" You know, <laughs> we have the people that come in that don't get it. It's okay, you know. You get we've, a teaching opportunity. Exactly, yeah. we educate everyone that comes in, it's and great. we've just we've really embraced that more and more as we've grown. Like nobody's, not everybody is ever gonna like our chocolate, you know, and and that's okay. It's because we're so different and unique, and the customers that do like it really like it and really appreciate it, and that just makes it all so. Speaking, worthwhile. I just we talked about your molds, but can we talk about your labels and how you came up? With these pictures? Yeah. They look like tarot cards. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so originally the bar, it was, I had an artist out of Portland do these whimsical, like I've wanted it very uh, Wally Won- w- Willy Wonka-ish. Wally Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> Willy, Willy Wonka-ish. And uh, I wanted them to look kind of whimsical and fun and cartoony, and that's what they were. And um, But then we started playing with new flavors, and I didn't, she, we had some artist issues and uh i didn't want her drawn i didn't want to pay her for the artwork anymore and i didn't want her to design any new artwork so we just kind of started searching online and i found the first bar was this blackberry ginger bar and uh that image was from an old english poetry book and so now everything that we pull um it's it we got it from a website called the gutenberg press gutenberg press stores a bunch of old books so this doesn't have any copyright on it it's late 1800s um Right, 1899. I think it's yeah. cool. I it's think called it really cool. The title is A Floral Fantasy in an English Garden. Yeah. And the yeah, author is totally Walter Crane. That. Walter Crane. I totally get that. So, yeah, what, what we've done now is we just abolished <laughs> all the old packaging and just went straight for the, the newer style. And now this is what has shaped the branding of the Chocolate Conspiracy. You know, before it was that kind of whimsical cartoon, but we never had a solid, cohesive brand. You know, you look at someone like. Budweiser, they have this kind of, they have this look. It's that that simple brand. You know, McDonald's has golden arches. Yeah, whatever. You know, there's these certain companies you can identify them, and we never really had that until we made this new packaging change. And now everybody knows our products. Everyone sees our bars. Everyone knows the the packaging at least. Yeah. People Steven's really recognize the farmers market. Too. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> my market face. Yeah, yep. and sometimes my wife's. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Steve's wife helps. Uh, just to, you know. Yeah. A little shout out to my wife when we were talking. We have you know four people total at the Chocolate Conspiracy. There's there's more behind the scenes. My wife helps with some of the farmers markets and some of our festivals and even you know bookkeeping and stuff. And then one of our other uh, small part owners, Michelle. She helps us with our bookkeeping um, extensively, and yeah, it's yep. and then, so helpful. My, so we do have more people behind the yep. scenes as well. Yeah, my parents are part owners as well, and so they helped. You know, in the beginning, they did farmers markets, they did sampling, they took our my chocolate to other stores, and they're the ones that yeah. made you fill your backpack and walk around. Yeah, exactly. It's always been the best chocolate you. in the world. To AJ's mom, exactly. It's my mom. It's the best. So, so are you just in Utah for now, or are you in other places? We're all over. Yeah, so we distribute. Yeah, I mean, Steve knows m- most of the. We're probably. I need to get a. We need, need to get a count. Yeah, I've. But I think we're in. I think I could comfortably say we're in somewhere between fifteen and twenty states. Wow, with our impressive. products, you know, and That's great. some of those states are just one little tiny mom and pop store, one yeah, little wine store, one little cheese store. Shop but to just get your bar. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, and those stores magical. do well with our bars. There's um, there's one store in Maui, 
and they kill it. Yeah. Mana foods. Mana foods. They kill it. And anyone that I know that goes to Hawaii or comes to Hawaii or my friends that live there, they come home and they're like, I buy your chocolate at Mana all the time. (laughs) (laughs) When it's funny, uh, when they first ordered our chocolate, they ordered through um, through our distributor and they picked up, I don't know how many, but at least a couple other bean to bar chocolates. And ours was the only bars that moved really regularly off their shelf. And so they started just ordering direct from us. And it's a really consistent account. People just really dig our chocolate in Hawaii. So do you do both? You have a distributor and people can come to you directly. So Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I would say probably 65% of our um, distribution out to retail stores is through our distributor. Uh, it's called a priori. They're actually a local company. They're a sister company of Caputo's. Um, and you know, speaking of Matt Caputo, going back to that, Matt Caputo and his wife, Elena started a priori distribution, um, about the time that AJ started the chocolate conspiracy. I think it's about that old. Yeah. A couple mm, years. Really close. Pretty close. Yeah. yeah. And they have now become the largest distributor of bean to buy bean to bar fine chocolate in the entire country. And, awesome. cool. and they are growing very so quickly. So that is what makes you guys the best chocolate store in the state of Utah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was funny when you said that to me at the farmer's when market I, like, the other day. It was like a drive-by. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. you said congrats <laughs> on the best of. And I was like, we didn't what? get anything from City Weekly Best Of. And I like no, thought about it. And then I was like, yeah. oh, you're talking about the, yeah. Yeah, from the Daily Meal. Yep. Yeah, we just posted that on our That's dope. Facebook today. Such good. That was a, that so was a nice piece of news. The da- so it's a Daily Meal, and you yeah. are, they went around to every state and That's picked an the photo. best chocolate shop, and you guys won. You guys so- beat Mrs. Cavanaugh's. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Fine. Finally. So where is your shop located? Uh, 774 South, 300 West. Uh, it's on the eastern edge of what's known as it's the Granary District in Salt Lake. That's yep. all you have to say. Well, we say that all the time, too. People you don't know. know. It's, so it's Ruby it's Snap. It's being next door to them. <laughs> it's either Ruby Snap or Trails. <laughs> trails is further down the it street. It is further down, but people either know cookies oh, yeah. or strippers. <laughs> Chris knows cookies and strippers. Yes, he's on most. And beer. Good. And now beer. Yeah, see, now so. I just say now Fisher, Fisher beer. Yeah. Now I say yeah. Fisher beer. There's also right strippers the... named And Fisher. Sanctuary yeah. used to be up the street, but now it's back to another church or something. So it could be like a dance party with strippers and beer and cookies. Beer and chocolate cookies. <laughs> no, it's a good little neighborhood. We are open. We're only open three days a week to the public. So we're open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 11 to 7. So, but you can get everything that we have in our location. But if you go to Harmon's, you can only get our bars and drinking mix. But those are awesome. So go there. You know, yeah. support those so, stores. So you guys do some classes, right? Do you have any coming up? Not uh, at the moment. We had one on February 10th. 10th. That was our last class. And this tomorrow, <laughs> we actually need to <laughs> get them to get a reminder. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we need to schedule some more. We usually do one to two a month. Let us know when so, you have them, and we'll shout them out. Great. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you. And, that'd be and great. You guys typically post those up on Facebook. Do you post them on your website? Yep. Both. Yeah. Both. Facebook, website, Instagram. Um, we, <laughs> I won't go into this at all, but we had a little hiccup with our website, and so our classes weren't accurately posted on there, but we've kind of finally it's, resolved that. It's so. okay now. You yeah. can figure it out. <laughs> It'll kind of be on the website now. Yeah. <laughs> so if people want to get a hold of you guys, for whatever reason, what's the best way? Uh, call our shop 
um, 385-212-4474. We're there, you know, Tuesday through Saturday generally. Um, Email is great. You know, it's 2018. Everybody (laughs) utilizes email more than phones these days. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Yeah. or, and our our website's eatchocolateconspiracy.com. And you can send, you can send us an email through the website. Um, We're active on Instagram. We're active on Facebook and we're active on Twitter. So I just started typing in chocolate and C-O-N and you guys just came up. Awesome. My boss always yeah. asks who my interviews are, and so we were looking at your website today, and that's how I saw Baby Jesus. Nice. Ah, oh yeah, so, he's yeah. still on there. He's yeah. out of stock. It, does, out of it says out of stock, it's but I still saw him. <laughs> yeah. so. Is he coming? Is he coming back for Easter? No, no, he he. They're no. not bringing him back for Easter. No, no never. maybe just for you. He's a Christmas baby Jesus. <laughs> ba- Jesus isn't a baby no, at Jesus, Easter. Jesus yeah. was on a kind cross of a fucking Christian dude, are you? Yeah, see, that's we yeah, want. We should do grown up Jesus for Easter. We, I, cross, I to, you know the <laughs> dying cross Jesus. <laughs> you know, well, the creepy <laughs> filling. Can you actually just have a spear going through his side? Uh, yeah, too? Just, a little bit of raspberry sauce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this went down. Uh, oh, well, yeah, you're, you guys. Guys are gonna get hit by all the all the hate mail now from. The, the I think Christian I could groups. have eaten this blackberry ginger for dinner. Like I could have eaten this whole thing and you not just even. did. Yeah, it's so good. Are there any truffles left, or you nosh them? No, uh, no. I pretty much. There's I had fun. a bite or three of every single. There's one. a piece of one left. I don't know what it is at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we have one more question for you yeah, guys. Yeah. Uh, we ask everyone on the show this. You guys are both Utahns, naturally born and bred. Um, what is one thing that you would tell someone visiting the state they had to do before they left? Wow. This is going to be really cliche, but you've got to go to the mountains. You've got to get up in the Wasatch Mountains, get on the trail, um, and you've got to go down to southern Utah, too. Just get outdoors. Uh, get outdoors. Um, Utah is just its so special with its outdoor uh, scene. It's... Um, yeah, that, I mean that's absolutely the first thing that comes in my mind, and it's it's cliche, but I, I don't feel bad about that at all. Yeah, <laughs> I I have a totally cliche one too, but it's it's not what you any of you would expect. Um, I'm a fan of architecture and I love it, so go see the temple because it will blow your mind. Uh, the Mormon temple is built from the granite that was harvested out of Little Cottonwood Canyon. So at least go see the canyon and then go find out how <laughs> find out how long it took them to build that goddamn building because it's gorgeous. And you can climb yeah. on those boulders that they blew apart. There's drill yeah. holes in between them. Yeah, I, I used so, to boulder in Little Cottonwood. I mean, if, if you're going to come to Utah, you should at least Im- immerse yourself in some, cor- some form of LDS history. And though. if you end up in New York, buy chocolate from some dude out of his backpack. It's yeah, exactly. Totally <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It'll be cool. <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for joining us. It's yes, been a of course. It's been great. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks again to all of our guests. Um, all of our guests. It's been a, it's been a lot. Chris's um, editing skills are going to be pushed to the limits. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. It's going to take a while. <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. Jess is like, I don't want to fucking hear it. You guys don't know the shit I go through. And then, and then fucking Chris yeah. has to bitch about going places every once in a while. <laughs> He's just a bitcher. I am such a He's a bitcher. <laughs> That's somebody who cuts meat. Ask Peter. <laughs> I can't. There's just no fucking words. Scottish. He's a That's what that was. <laughs> He's a bitcher. It was. A, it did sound more Scottish to me, too, so I'm glad you, you kind of said that. Oh, man. i got to write this down. A bitcher. Scottish for somebody who cuts meat. <laughs>
Or did you say Irish? You said <laughs> Irish. Well, well Peter's know, Irish, but, Peter. but it did sound more Scottish. Your accent just sounded said, more Scottish. I just said, that's someone who cuts me. I didn't. <laughs> Is it a feckin' bitcher? <laughs> Probably. Well, no, because that would be Irish mixed with Scottish, and that's weird. It is weird. It's not weird. They're the same goddamn place. How many times do I have to tell you guys? <laughs> yeah, it's like saying Utahns and Virginians are the same. We are. Are we not all Americans? They're no. all Brits over there. We're all sons of God. <laughs> I feel like no, when, I'm a daughter, thank when you Peter is on, Chris and Peter are going to have a love fest. Yeah, I don't it's think gonna you be... three are going to get an, uh, I don't a word in so. edgewise between Peter I and I. I don't think so. <laughs> Jeremy it's, too. He likes. Okay, so it's one of Jeremy's two things. Giggle, so either either Peter and I are just gonna riff back and, Brie, and forth. He likes Brie too. So he wants to. Oh, he, he wants to try and to steal her away. That's because I'm just the go-to person. She's also a redhead, so he feels like some sort of. Yeah, there's like, a connection there. Connection. <laughs> he has brown hair. Well, no, but I don't give a shit. But you look like all the other people in Ireland. <laughs> 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 is that racist, by the way, Wouldn't to say be, all gingers are Irish? Wouldn't it no. be funny if my 23andMe came back and it was like Irish or Scottish or something <laughs> instead of Spanish? Well, you're definitely Spanish. We know that. Oh, I know, but wouldn't that be weird if like I was equal parts Irish hey, or something? When that comes like that? back, that's a good topic for the show. Yeah, I'm, Did you I'm get that t- for Christmas? Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see what that is. I am too. I'm a little nervous because I want to be something really cool. Like, I want to find out I'm from Africa. I don't want okay. to just be so, like, oh, my stepmom did too. She's like, I just really want to have a All right. So there are, there, there is, there is. But I, she's not. I, she's not at all. I think it might have been <laughs> Saturday Night Live and maybe it was a sketch show. Do the thing on 23andMe and, and Ancestry.com and how, maybe it was the funnier die guys. Everyone does it just to see, just in the hopes that they're part black so they can claim that they're black. <laughs> Because I have African. I'm African, so I I can say the word. Well, because I keep saying that women are going to save the world and the black women are going to lead it. So if I have, if I can be a black woman, then that means I can, I can She's like lead it. Powerful. So yeah. You're like somehow related to Oprah. Well, no, I don't care. I don't care about that. But like you hear about the movements around the uh, the different countries and stuff, and it really is. It's black women standing right, I, up and taking charge and saying, we're going to go vote and we're going to make a change because we're trying to I don't know right oppressed. now. It's a bunch of 17-year-olds. Right, so. this, yeah. is, this is all I'm going to say. The one black dude that lived in Utah in the 70s was not a sper- sperm donor. So I don't think... Because this was pre-BYU. You this don't was, know This that. was pre-BYU black Is that black the first athlete. guy that got baptized? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was pre-priesthood allowing, allowance, right? So When was the priesthood granted? 76? Yeah, yeah, so it was... Yeah, so it was the funny. sperm donor was clearly before the priesthood. So <laughs> I, I just... I think your chances of having African descent in your bloodline are probably pretty similar. That'd be cool if you're a Hawaiian. By yeah, way, I would take any person. I want to be a person. For of those color. of you that don't know, Brie was a test tube baby. Um, she was one of the first in the state. I just, I want to be a person of we color. Need to get like, I don't want to be the boring says, white. My daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just wear a shirt that says yes. Well, a test tube. No. Are you my daddy? <laughs> yeah, she won't let me call her that. She won't be like, mm, daddy. Well, that's just gross. Why would you call me daddy? That's weird. <laughs> The way that you just worded that, like, was you calling me daddy. That's weird. Well, and since Chris is, what, like seven years younger, then he just kind of wouldn't work. Oh, yeah, bring that up. Yes, I robbed the cradle. That's all right. I'm sorry. She just brought candy, and I was like, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) When I met you, you were smoking and drinking and helling it up. What's changed? I don't smoke. He doesn't smoke, and he hardly ever drinks anymore. I don't hell it up. I don't know what the fuck that is. (laughs) Helling it up. 
I don't know. You used to run to the Is store that a Catholic all the time. thing? No, that's Helen something the up? bitchers do. I, so, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. <laughs> Helen it up. I don't know. You used to run to the store all the time. <laughs> that's Helen it up going to the grocery store you on a regular basis. You know what? I never went anywhere. No, you didn't go to the grocery store. Like, I swear no, to God, every night you had to run and go get a candy bar or some chips or at 2 a Coke or. Seriously. Gangster. Well, no. He would be asleep at 2 a.m. Look, look. Here's the thing. When you're used to being by yourself, you do things to entertain yourself. And, like, it's a hard habit to break to just leave and go somewhere because you're you're getting bored sitting there. You need to change the He does. We get in arguments all the time because we're watching something and then he'll just get up and leave and I'll be like, you're totally missing an important part of like, this Yeah, show. then just pause it real quick. I'll be back. I got to wash the dishes right now for some yeah, reason. Yeah, he, like, got it's up gotta, and started washing the dishes. It's totally. Like, it's true. It's, I'm like... I'm like, uh, so I I just pee with the bathroom door open so I can see the TV. Yeah, we've had this conversation but on air I do, before. I do straight up, like, I'll get up and be like, there's there's shit in the kitchen. I have to go clean. And then he's in what's there, like, the banging the pots and pat- pans around, and I'm like, like, how do you fucking hear what's going on? I'm like, just pause it for me, will you? So then I sit, I have to sit in there and, like, play on my phone or something and be entertained for half an hour while he messes around in the kitchen. <laughs> Uh, and so on that note, I think we're going to end the show. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, talk about an event, be on the show, uh, Facebook's a great way or Twitter at TNU Podcast. Uh, you can also check out our website, thenewutah.com. I know it's really fucking hard. Um, there are a couple bios up there. Apparently, <laughs> some of us are better than others. I'm not going to name names. Jessica and uh, Jeremy. <laughs> but uh, others of us suck at um, posting bios. Because we just suck. I can't answer the questions. I only answered three. I answered like five. But not in an email to Jess yet, so they're not on the website. (laughs) But go check out Jess and Jeremy's bios. I'm sure they're way more entertaining than our blank ones. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, thanks again to all of our guests, and uh, you guys have a great night. Good night, folks. 